Hey, Black African Power. What's good? What's happening? A well-organized lie. Defeats a disorganized truth every time. Ooh, we man, y'all already know what it is, man. It's God killer in the house, man. And look, man, we got a powerful show today. And look, man, let's just get it cracking, man. I'm the rock squad up, magi archers in the building. Please believe. Oh shit. If you ain't Sinetta, no time for that interview, dog. I put my shit out for niggas, I don't send it to blogs. Plan kill off the Buddha, not being discreet. One puff this big pops and projectiles. Between the sheets. Sun run, cold game, bring your cleats. The best flow blow, Eskimo, penguin feet. Don't need no blunt to burn. You run the turf with ten niggas on the block. That's a punk return. Ayo, Dolomite prototype, soldier with the solar light. Saber and he hold it like he hold a mic. Golden ice pendants. Sipping on that overpriced poltergeist spirits. Ripping at the open mic, spoke the nice lyrics like Mama move mean overnight, golden motorbike holding on some trying shit. That nice neon kit is on it. The king's libation with exotic liqueur. Queen's vibration like a side of Shakur A lot of the poor imported foreign threads they ain't got at the store Nubian Kush and black top pottery jars 39% THC, the quality pure Old rapper try to spit ain't hot as before It's like I'm five flights above, bust the shots at the floor Cats switch up their style when they ain't got it no more Cause they gotta keep their product in stores to feed their kids uh, see what that weed did? Yeah, yes, man, agreeing on everything we said. I smell of the mic like it's the love of my life. Don't get sliced in beat with the butt of the knife. Brother Polite, I say I'm animalistic. Cause I still be in the hood with my hand on my pistol. The Hebrews think I'm cannibalistic. E5 divination, channel the mystic. Audio visionary, let's play poetical pictionary. Picture me burning down your missionary. Yeah. Then I send you religion That red dot on your head, that's Hindu tradition Invisible, independent, and transit shit I'll bring it all to an end With indivisible games Charles Xavier, getting your brain Mental anguish, a manifesting physical pain Wizard remains to dance in the chemical rain Breathe slow, then I'm up out of this physical plane Got military machinery that exercise weaponized greenery Shine out of jeopardize the scenery, son Bruh, the beam ten times your distance Inclines convention, stop rising with no trend line resistance. The parabolic breakout, I'm F16 with the aeronautic fake out. The God killer, the God killer, the God killer, the God killer, it's the God killer, the God killer, that's who it is. The God killer, the God killer, it's the God killer, the God killer, the God killer, it's the God killer, the God killer. Hey, what's good, family man? Hey, what's happening, man? Hey, I'm a raw squad up, man. Look, um, want to do a little homework today for y'all. Um, you know, we want to, uh, kind of you know get the people used to just coming to see us at least once a week so you know so that the asiatics and the quote-unquote um aborigines don't overrun the position of real scholarship with that foolery so you know i'd like to welcome everybody here man um rubbing the heat i'm raw squad up 
overrun the position of I'm, real scholarship. Mm -hmm. Hey, man. Well, I see you, Sean. What's good, man? Massey Clan Warrior. Mighty Shots, you met a nature. I'm a raw squad up. I'm a raw squad up. Thanks for having me. Uh, hey, man. It's good. Hey, Fortune Favorite, Massey Clan Warrior. What's good, man? I'm a raw squad up. I'm in Ross Squad up. Peace and love, family. Black power. You already know. Yeah, I already know, man. Hey, Wuja, what's good, man? I'm a Ross Squad up. I'm a Ross Squad up, and you know what's good. Uh, it's about getting this accurate truth out there, and uh, we're going to organize this truth so we can defeat that, organize and disorganize those lies. Yeah, man. I don't know what Brother Ben He just disappeared, popped up. You got me on two screens, too, Wuja. You ain't got your screen on that. So, okay, um, we want to talk about a few things today. We want to talk about um, uh, the doctor, the great doctor, Clyde Winters. We want to kind of talk about uh, uh, just a little bit, uh, no disrespect at all. We want to kind of talk about a little scholarship dealing with that and the mindset. Um, he's definitely on the hit list for dealing with the Aboriginal information, and ain't nothing wrong with that. Uh, you know, he has, I think he has about four or five books on the subject. So we got to deal with him. We're also going to deal, not tonight, we'll also deal with, um, uh, Dave, that's David Hotep. Did I get the name right? We'll deal with him. He's also leading the way with the pseudo ship, right? So everybody's on his list is leading the way with the pseudo ship. Uh, Dr. Clyde Willis, pseudo ship. He's a doctor too, legitimately. Um, I think, man, I'll get, uh, uh, I think, uh, has a PhD too, right? David Hotep, I think. Yeah, he's leading the way. Yeah, so so our, it seemed like in our community, the doctors then went pseudo on us. Okay, then you got the guy that wrote the book when rocks cry out. All right, rocks don't cry. All right, I didn't forgot his name, but they definitely on the hit list because uh, they're worthy of some attention because they have actually produced literature. Okay, and we can see where they was coming from. So everybody else, if you ain't produced no literature. Just stay out of this. Sit back and just keep talking. So we're going to deal with that. And I want to deal with the multi-regional theory and the outer Africa theory, one and two. I want to kind of deal with that because that's basically what the Aborigine community is pushing without them even knowing it. On one hand, they claim evolution ain't real, right? And on the other hand, right, they're claiming the multi-regional theory without even knowing it. You know, so, so there's consequences to certain statements. So I'll definitely get into the consequences of the statement that we copper colored people have been here in America's forever. There's consequences to that. So, uh, Brother Wuja, uh, I know you got a, a scratch, you got an itch, bro. So you go ahead and uh, go ahead and take over, bro. Yeah, this is just a, something really, really quick. And um, I feel it's important <clears throat> to share with the uh, community. And um, because we have to guard ourselves against uh, pseudoisms, and so lately I've I've been doing a, a little series of, of videos on Facebook, Facebook Live, where I'm I'm trying to really uh, properly classify and characterize pseudoism, where where we can still appreciate it and not look at it and try to um, you know speak negatively about it. And so, uh, but that's a whole nother thing. But what I want to um, deal with right now is something that was said by our um, good brother and elder, uh, Dr. Clyde Winters. And so I'm going to share my screen. And this is just going to be straightforward. Uh, so let me just give a, a brief backdrop of, of the con for context of this, of this conversation. Um, 
lately, well, what Dr. Clyde Winters has done uh, previously, this is like maybe a month, two months ago, where uh, actually it was last year, but it was two months on, ago on Facebook, where he uh, makes an attempt. Uh, previously, this is like maybe. Right, I'm hearing some feedback where he makes an attempt to give criticism and critique for a book that he did not read. And this particular book was written by the esteemed linguist, African linguist uh, Jean-Claude Mboli. And he wrote a book called The Origins of African Languages and where, you know, the book is over 650 pages long, where he walks you from cover to cover. He walks you through the scientific historical comparative method on starting from scratch to rebuild the genetic uh, linguistic family of several different African languages. This is something that no one has done before. Okay, so this is groundbreaking, pioneering work. Um, you know, but like I said, details of that is probably for a whole nother show. Well, Clyde Winters tried to critique that book without even reading it. Now, one, it's a highly sophisticated and specialized book that deals with uh, specialized scientific information, linguistics, historical comparative linguistics, where you have to actually read the process and the method that Mboli actually uh, uh, discloses throughout the book. Mboli walks you through the entire process from start to finish. So, he, so it's not a book where Mboli is just writing about his conclusions and what he thinks and what he found. You are actually taking the journey with him through the process. Okay, so so if you don't read it, then you're not going to know the process. You're not going to know the methods that was used. You're going you're not going to know how the reconstructions were, were brought about the whole nine. Okay, Dr. Winters um, did not read the book, but yet he did a video and different posts on different forums, Facebook, etc., critiquing the book. And he was just absolutely wrong on every account. OK, so that was that. And so now in this conversation I'm sharing on the screen, Clyde, Dr. Winters is under the impression that the ancient Egyptians did not uh, perform scientific methods in their pursuit of knowledge. OK, so this is coming from one of his posts where he's making that claim. And so in our conversation, I end up uh, recommending him to read a book. Because he is under the impression that the scientific method is this rigid, uh, static, only one type of thing that we can do. And it's called the scientific method. Well, I recommended him to read a book called uh, Scientific Method in Practice. Okay, I gave him a link on Amazon where you get the book and everything. So what Dr. Winters does is he doesn't have the book. He never read the book. So what he does, he clicks on Amazon. You know how Amazon, it has look inside and you can click there and you can see the table of contents. So Dr. Winters looks at a table of contents and now all of a sudden he's an expert on the book. So I'm, let me read what I'm sharing on the screen. So so I, I end up saying that um, matter of fact, this is I'm quoting him first. He says the book you posted, Scientific Method and Practice, is not talking about varied scientific methods. It's just explaining the various procedures when the, when they employ different research designs. Now, how would Clyde Winters know that if he didn't read the book and he didn't read the book? So this is pure speculation and conjecture on the, on the part of, of Dr. Winters. And so he's expecting me and others to take the him, him for his word. So I respond and say, you haven't read the book. I don't know 
why you continue to talk about books you have not read. We already went through this in another group and there's no need to perform for the audience in this group. So in other words, Dr. Winters jumps from group to group posting the same stuff, even though he's been refuted, he'll keep posting the stuff. Okay. So that's what I'm referring to there. And so I'm, I'm telling him, you know, I don't understand why he continues to do this. So then he comes back and this is, this is why I'm sharing it with the family. Okay. And this is what, where it becomes extra dangerous. He comes back and responds and says, matter of fact, can y'all see it on the screen? I'm doing all this talking. Make sure you can see yeah, it. Can you see it? I can see you with that. Yeah. Uh -huh. Okay. All right. So let me do this. I'm gonna make it really big so everybody can see it. Make no mistakes about it. Okay. So Clyde Winters responds to me. And he says, well, Joe, one of my minors for my PhD was research. I taught research for 10 years at Governor State University and guided over 30 students writing their master's thesis as a result. Oh, as a result, I know the varied research designs so I can look at the table of contents and read the introduction and tell what the author is talking about. You don't get it. If you know a field of study, you can understand what the author is talking about if you are in that field. So listen, confidence. Family, Dr. Win <laughs> Doc what Dr. Winters is telling us is that you don't have to read books anymore. All you have to read is the table of contents and maybe the introduction and you are good to go. And so he is expecting as a as a credentialed scholar, as a Ph.D. holder of a Ph.D., he's expecting us to take his word for that. And so I have this particular book. He doesn't. I've read it. He didn't. So I know what the book is talking about. And we all understand anybody who, who's written even the basic book report in school, grade school, you know that the table of contents is really just your outline. You start with your outline and then you fill in with the details of, of all of the bullet points that you make and so on and so forth. And then that outline can be converted quickly to basically your table of contents because the table of contents is the headings of every chapter and so on and sub chapters and so on and so forth. And you cannot get you cannot understand information, especially of a scientific nature, just by reading the table of contents. Because be, that, if that was the case, what would be the point of writing a full book? You see what I'm saying? So so this is unscholarly uh, behavior and definitely unscholarly advice. So if anybody says to you that it's OK just to read the table of contents, run far away from that person. They, they mean you harm, intellectual harm. This is an embarrassment. Dr. Winters is an embarrassment to the community, okay? Because it's the second time he's making an attempt to argue and critique a book that he has not read. And he's long, uh, uh, strong and wrong, loud and wrong about it every step of the way. From Emboli's book, he got refuted left and right, up and down. And on this book, Left and right, up and down. Okay, so this is just this is what I wanted to share with the family to be mindful of, be careful of, and do not, for any under any circumstance, follow in those footsteps. Make sure you read books before you try to critique them. Make sure you make sure you taste the food before you try to tell somebody it's nasty. Make sure you get to know somebody before you pass judgment on them. These are all uh, instances of the 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 age old adage of you cannot judge a book by its cover. That's the purpose of that saying. 
Don't just pass judgment, uh, shallow judgment, just based off some sur surface stuff, some microwave quick stuff. No, get to know the person, get to know the food, eat the food. If you're going to critique some food and if you're going to critique a book, read it. That's the least that we could do. So anyway, that's that's all I wanted to share was was this. And this happened a, uh, a little while ago. So I, so this is something that was fresh. And, you know, and maybe later on I can get into the context of of what he and others are talking about, um, which is why the post exists in the first place. But, you know, I, I'll table that. And uh, let Unc jump back, jump back in here, and um, and go for it. Mm, okay. Mm, mm, mm. Well, Matt. All right. So that's interesting. My oh my oh my. You know, Clyde, Doctor Clyde, man. You know, that's, that's, I consider him to be a friend. Um, but in this particular subject matter. First of all, I hope we sell a lot of books. I think it's important to get books. Um, just so, you know, for, for the listening audience, y'all need to just start doing what we call as a literature review. All right? I think we talked about on the scholars to come, right? Research, right? And it all, always talks about literature review. So we're going to start reviewing the literature, and we're going to take our time. Uh, we, uh, we've been talking about doing a book. I know um, some of the members from the Massey clan, I'm Raw Squad. Uh, Brother Ben put <clears throat> table of contents <laughs> in the group. And we're just going to start writing. That, that's how we're going to really do it. If you can't step up to it, um, to this real challenge, then stay out. If all you can do is make a video, then you're in trouble in this one. So I'm not going to be arguing back and forth with the group of individuals who can't even support their own Thesis, I ain't no thesis, theory, idea. You know, it's a whole lot of uh, horn swoggling, bamboozlement. You know, we ask a question and, uh, and then we start getting attacked on evolution. So it's, it's a lot of folly going on. I'm quite prepared for it, but you just won't suck me into it these days. What I do need is, though, for everybody that's claiming Aboriginal, the guy Cab Calloway, because he's a dancer, right? He has a, he has a hell of a following, and I have to often often wonder, right? How do you get that type of following? You must be a hell of a marketing. I'm just gonna say that can't be the information. I'm not gonna think that my people are just that crazy. Well, maybe they are. Maybe they are just that crazy. Um, but we're going to deal with that. You know, so them days is numbered. Like the days of the black Hebrews was numbered with that. You know what I'm saying? Like the, like, like the pseudoisms running rampant in the community. Now we turn a new page and we're going to get to it. It's going to be uh, a lot of elders going to get upset. And that's okay. Because, you know, hell, we all going to get upset one day. But we got to deal with this. Uh, they've seemed to overrun the position. You know what I'm saying? Like, a lot of talk, 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 talk. But like I said, man, one of the claims they make, and they haven't even supported their claim, is that we always was here. Okay? Now, you will find Native American stories. Some Native American stories say that they come from the ice, that they, that they, they, they people lived on ice, right, eons ago. Some indigenous tribes say that we always was here. And so you may ask yourself, 
if the Native Americans said certain indigenous tribes said they always was here, then why don't we just take them, take them at their word? Well, that's an issue for science. It's not an issue for their particular mythology because how would they know where human beings started at? The only thing they're talking about is their tribe, their, their tribal stories. And I've been talking about this for a while. I've talked about the Hebrew Bible as being a tribal story. It's just that it's not that complicated. Uh, it, it's a tribal story that got the quote unquote uh, boost, not just a boost, but incredible, and, and, and incredible help from um, the quote unquote printing press. Think about that. The Nile Valley Africans didn't have a printing press. They had to, you know, write that. They had to write down everything, they had to describe everything they did. Uh, when, when, when those biblical documents were produced, they had to write, describe everything, right? Over and over again. That's why you find a lot of mistakes, a whole thousand, millions of mistakes um, based off of that. But, but the game changer was the printing press produced by Gutenberg. Remember, he wrote the Gutenberg Bible. He printed that first. That was a game changer in the world. One, just having a book religion was a game changer. Like, like you know what I'm saying? Like the book religions where, you know, you do certain things, maybe you talk about what you did or didn't do, but it's, it's recorded, right? We call them the book religions. The monotheism are the book religions. Uh, the, the Egyptians didn't have a quote unquote like book religion. Right? They had a lot of customs, a lot of traditions. Maybe Wuja, I want to kind of explain that a little bit so I don't get that wrong. But they didn't have a set book. Matter of fact, nobody did. The Romans, you can't find the Roman book religion. You can't find the Greek book religion. You just can't find it. So, but that printing press put them at a hell of an advantage. Because now you can make duplicates over and over and over and over and over again. So they was basically duplicating their culture over and over and over again based off the printing press. 1440, look it up, Gutenberg, 1440. And they mass produced this document and it actually got transported around the planet a lot of times with the prisoners of war, kidnapped victims, the Africans. They put them on those ships. I think Dr. Uh, Dr. Mayotte uh, absolutely puts, uh, shows documentation where they, you know, that's how they, the Bible got around the world was on those slave ships. Those kidnap victims, kidnap ships. You know what I mean? They were the ships that actually kidnapped you. And then the halls of a lot of them were Bibles. So point I want to make is, is that they not only had the advantage of the printing press, right? Now, you know, you get the advantage of YouTube, Facebook, Instagram. Right, you get to spread the information. So, like Dr. Ben, um, Phil Fowlbanger, she got the Diops. There wasn't a YouTube. YouTube didn't start till 2005. I remember my first video, Blog Talk 2006. I remember my first shows on that too. So now you got multimedia, right? Where everybody, you know, what I'm saying, gets to put no matter what it is. You know what I'm saying? Out there. Thank goodness for the Amaral squad, the Masi, uh, Shashu Mani, Matanetcha.
Thank goodness for those roots. Thank goodness for the family. Thank goodness, Dagger Squad. You know what I'm saying? Thank goodness. Okay? Right? We was prepared to do battle with the age of social media. You know what I mean? Like the Egyptians didn't get a chance to refute the Bible. They didn't get a chance to do that. All of a sudden, a group of Asiatics is in their land and enslaved. And yada, yada, yada. I know the Egyptians was turning over in their graves. Like, God, man, stop it. Right? But thank goodness we had to kind of fought that foolery. Right? But it's thick out there where you can have a YouTube channel with over 200,000 subscribers. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, um, you're a hater. I'm not a hater. I'm a participator. So since you got 200,000 subscribers, then I think I need to holler at you. Hey, 200,000, you should know what you're talking about with 200,000 subscribers, huh? Right. So we're in the age of social media, and, and such it is. So now everybody has become, we call the YouTube scholar. I'm not going to knock that. Nah, that's why I started that, man. Hell. Log talk scholar, that's me. that's me. Not knocking that. But at a certain point, man, it has to be levels to this thing right here. It has to be levels of organization. So statements like, you know, just read the table of contents is all time foolery. And he said it with confidence. Right? So back to what I'm saying. As the aboriginals promote what they promote, they have made a claim. Right? And, you know, had to really pay close attention to this. Uh, Brother Wuja, I say, man, look, man, you're going to run around that damn rabbit hole. What you need to do is you got to organize. He say, organize that truth. Right. So you got to make a list of the claims and deal with them one time. One one after the other, you got to deal with it. Right. So the claim they made, right, is that they was always in America. And I told you about the Native American tribes to talk about that. Right. And, and how Native American tribes. Right. They didn't know nothing about evolution. They wasn't digging up no graves. They wasn't doing none of that. All they know is that that's the ancestral story passed down, right? Plain and simple. They're tribal stories, right? And so they tribal stories does have truth in it, right? So what's the truth in the story when the Native Americans said they always been here? Well, there's a specific DNA marker that is exclusive to North America. I believe that to be D1, all right? That particular DNA marker, you will find that nowhere else in the world. Why is that, right? You will find that nowhere else in the world because it developed in the Americas. That's why. And to get that answer, you can just look that up. You know, how does Hubble groups form? Right? How does the power of nature transform, you know what I'm saying, your DNA to the point where it would form different haplogroups? Why is it that they have a DNA marker that you can only find in North America? There's an answer to that. The answer is very simple. Traits passed on, mutation, genetic drift. Right, when a population breaks away from the mother population, right, and coalesces in different environments, right, and the DNA is transformed by the forces of nature. 
So that's why they say they always was in America's, right? Because they was always in America based off of the DNA. But if you agree to that, then you've now agreed to the outer Africa theory. You've now agreed to evolution. Hmm. There's no other way to explain how human beings uh, came to be on in the Americas and not look like the original sub-Saharan Rift Valley Africans in the Omo Valley. Why is it that those who live on the equator in Africa, our early, early ancestors, you know what I'm saying, being in that area, why are they so dark? And how is it that they get North America and all of a sudden they're copper? Why would that be? So as you holler copper, 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 right? You actually witness against yourself and you actually are speaking for, right? Quote unquote, evolution. You're talking, when you say copper skin, you're talking about a genetic trait. Skin color is a trait. Let me explain what a trait is. Traits only develop right, or, or, or accept it, and, and, and the, he, you can jump in there real fast, right, make sure I don't butcher this up, right, but that trait is developed and passed on to the next generation, right, to help that next generation get to the age of reproduction. That is the only reason for that trait. That is the only reason for different skin colors. Though that trait there allows the next generation to get to the age of reproduction. Did I get that right, Nahisi? Yeah, that's correct. So that's based. So that's the. So that's in a nutshell. That's why these traits occur. Am I correct? That's correct. That's all the traits. Yes. Mm -hmm. We're looking for Brother Nahisi's book coming in the store soon. We ain't gonna rush him though and get that right. Okay, so why copper color, right? In the Americas, different variant degrees. Why, you know what I'm saying, uh, extra dark, right, in the equator? Why in South Africa you get the light browns? You know what I mean? Why in North Africa you get the light browns? Why in Asia you get browns or light browns? Why, you know, why in the northern latitudes you get pale skin? Now, why would that be? Hmm. There's answers to these questions that our community is not prepared for. You can't handle the truth, but yet you witness against yourself with a lie. What's the lie? There ain't no such thing as evolution. So how can the Aborigine community always argue about there's no evolution, we don't come from monkeys, but yet they give you evolutionary ideas. But guess what model they follow? They follow the multi-regional theory. Let me read it to you. Let me show you what the multi-regional theory is. A quick search, right, in an anthropology magazine, you know what I'm saying, a blog, right, will give you simple answers. You can even do, you can even do Wikipedia to tell you what it is. So watch this. I think I can put this in the chat room for y'all to read. I'm going to put it in a group. And he said somebody share this for me. I'm put, I'm put that in there. Yeah. Oh yeah, Wuja. Right here, right here, right here. 
And see, Wuja does an excellent job of describing the differences between the Out of Africa 1 and 2. You remember those differences, Wuja? Well, Out of Africa 2 is, um, is a result of the genetic information after the human uh, genome has been mapped, yeah, I believe, mm -hmm. in 2003. And the out of Africa one is is um, where you talk about archaic humans leaving out of Africa, and it speaks of of um, the human, the genome human, uh, the sorry, the the genus, a uh, Homo, and what it's done. But the out of Africa two is primarily focused on Homo sapiens sapiens, and their track or trek outside of Africa approximately sixty five to ninety thousand years ago, um, and then dispersing throughout the world. Mm, so that's the yeah. that's the major gist of it. So if, if people were to look up the Out of Africa one versus Out of Africa two uh, theories, they're not in opposition to each other. Uh, one focuses on archaic uh, human activity, and the other focuses on more uh, anatomically uh, modern, anatomically correct humans, which is AKA Homo sapiens sapiens. Okay. So from from, from which from which we derive today. So that's why the focus is on Out of Africa two. Okay, so now watch, watch how I got him in the pickle. Let's deal with this. The multi-regional hypothesis. Let's call it a hypothesis for a reason, but it's a scientific hypothesis. And I'm not going into that right now. Type in scientific hypothesis. Now, so multi-regional hypothesis argues that, now watch this, y'all, that our early hominid ancestors, including Homo agastar, and Homo habitagensis migrated out of Africa. Now, first of all, these, these are humans. Whenever you see the word Homo in front of the word, it's in the human family. These are all humans. You have a variety of humans living on planet Earth at certain times, to which the Homo sapiens sapien is the last man or woman standing. There aren't any more humans on planet Earth, but the Homo sapiens sapien. But it says Homo habilagensis migrated out of Africa, right? Still coming from Africa, see that, right? And thus, evolution of modern humans, watch this, took place in different parts of the world. A process termed regional continuity. Look that up, regional continuity. C-O-N-T-I-N-U-I-T-Y. Look that up. So whenever the Aborigines say we was always here in, in North America, they're not talking about based off of folklore and mythology. They're talking about based off of the fact that they don't believe in evolution. Right? But yet they claim that they always here in North America. See, that doesn't make any sense, and it's called folly and foolery. So they must be talking about the multi-regional hypothesis which still would have to start in Africa with the uh, older homo species. See what I'm saying? Like, none of them have explained how human beings, right, pop up. Now, watch this. Let me finish this real quick. This theory placed great emphasis on the notion of steadily, steadily evolutionary alterations and changes that happen in different regions and produce diverse variations of the species. Evolution of this kind is kept at a regular rate due to an amalgamation of cultural prog progress and gene flow. Well, y'all don't believe in genes though. Or interbreeding. 
It's a thus keeping all lineages evolving at the same time. It's a this process is characterized as parallel evolution, which suggests a subtle morphological resemblance between populations of species who are geographically separated. It's a this idea was first postulated in 1940 by France, by, by no, friends, Wanich, okay, who noticed considerable similarities between archaic Peking man fossil and modern humans from China. However, uh, Wendenich did not refer to his evolutionary hypothesis as multi-region model. All right. So basically, the multi-regional model, right, is saying that in different places of the world, out of the older Homo species, Homo sapiens sapiens developed. I'm going to say this again. The multi-regional hypothesis is trying to say that the early hominids left Africa, right? They developed in maybe Asia as Homo sapiens sapiens, based off the Aboriginal community. They would say that they developed in the Americas. But the Aboriginal community is really out of order because they don't even consider evolution. They say that's not real. All of them will say this, but yet they use a multi-regional hypothesis when they make the statement out of their mouth, right, that we always was here. And they mean that. And they can't explain how humans popped up. There's consequences to the statement that we always was here. Now, if it's your folklore mythology, we will accept that. But when it comes to the science and trying to figure out where the Native American population comes from, because that's what the whole argument is really about. Where do they come from? Y'all keep saying y'all not Africans. We're not that. Then y'all go through the whole diatribe of trying to talk about the word. Like, we don't know where the word came from. You do all that, right? And you try to say that you are indigenous to this particular landmass. You do all of that, but yet go against, you fight against the truth of a lie when you act like evolution does not occur. So there's consequences to that statement that we always was here. So this is the, here's one consequence for you. You will find that the Aboriginal community will use archaeological sites, which behooves me. Why would you use archaeological surveys y'all don't even go that deep y'all just read something that's talking about archaeology in the americas why would you read that because our in archaeology we use something that we call strata all right strata different levels different levels of dirt piled on each other over time so like the roman empire exists at a lower strata as opposed to the the, the, the American Empire, the United States Empire. So if the United States Empire sits here, the Roman Empire will sit here. Now watch this. The Greek Empire would sit closely right here. But the Egyptian Empire, right, would sit here. So the deeper you go down, the older you find civilizations will get. But the deeper you go down, right, you'll find older archaic types of humans. So starting here with Homo sapiens sapiens, go down a notch, you got Homo adultu, you keep going down, you find Homo abitagensis, Homo gastar, Homo erectus, you know what I'm saying? And you, so over time, right, 
you'll find that you'll find different types of humans the farther you go down. And you'll even get to a point where you find no more humans. So that kills you when you say humans always was here. Humans have not always been here. The archaeological record, the scientific method, and, and using archaeology clearly shows that that's not true. So there's always consequences, right? When you make certain statements, when you're dealing with scientists and when you're dealing with those who are scientifically literate, there's consequences to those statements. So we're not going to allow you to muddy up the water, howling and screaming, making up stuff. Like how you said, Wuja, hey man, we're going to slow it down. Hassan Jetty said, we're going to put him in the middle of the street where everybody can see it. So, hey. I, I just want to say something real quick. Um, it's real, real, real simple. The uh, Aboriginal uh, people that follow the Aboriginal um, and, their, and the doctrines that they're uh, espousing, or Native Americans, you know, either war, they want to they want to split the hairs between those two different camps. Um, the statement that they were always here in America, um, they, they don't offer an explanation. Because in order to explain it, then you have to use science, that is, which, in, which is basically what you're saying. So if they were to make an attempt to explain it, then they have to explain that if by always here, do they mean from the inception or birth of the planet Earth itself? Because then that gets into some very obvious problems where you have the Earth, early Earth wasn't even conducive for human uh, life and survival in the first place. They have to they have to totally ignore and debunk all of human earth sciences. And then on top of that, they have to totally debunk all of the data uh, that comes out and is documented in biogenetics. So so I really, really, really envy the aboriginist and the native and the person who claims Native American ancestry because they have a tall bill to follow uh, to to um, accomplish. They have to debunk all of earth sciences and they have to debunk all of uh, biological genetics. Those two things they have to debunk in order to triumphant with their claim. And okay. I don't see I don't see it happening and they will never be able to do it and they can't do it. And that's why they're struggling with just this just these kinds of dialogues that we're having right now. So I just want to put it in perspective of 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 what these people have to do and they can't do it. They can't do it because otherwise they're going to say they're going to have to say that human beings are always here. Well, how did they get here? Like you, you already asked that question. How did human beings get here? Did they did did some did some creative force called God uh, <laughs> uh, take a bunch of mud and dirt and give CPR to it to, to give <laughs> to give birth to a human on on any Americas? Or are you going to accept that human beings the organisms that even live on and in a human being is a result of an evolutionary process. Either or, you got to take your pick. You can't have both. So that's the challenge that the aboriginists are going to have are facing and they can't do it. Regardless of all the hoopra hoopra and all this other kind of stuff. And they try to de 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 uh, deflect and do red herrings and talk about the, the word Africa. and We're not Africans and get into uh, something that they don't understand, which is semantics bypass all that stuff and just debunk earth sciences and debunk biogenetics i'm waiting and that's it you killed him were you at sean you want to add something 
Let me show him some fade out. Uh, let's see. We got a person in chat room who was obviously crazy. It says, this is Amru Cam. He says, strata has changed over time due to the Earth's crust fluctuating. You can't go by that. Okay, brother, can you can, can you please present the evidence to prove that? Right? We understand the fluctuation in the crust. We understand all that. One thing we know for sure, right, we know how to date the Roman Empire. Right? One thing we know for sure, we understand that the Egyptian Empire is older than the Roman Empire. Wait, it's wait. definitely a different strata. Go ahead. Wait, 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 wait. Nah, I can't let, nah, the brother, nah, you're not going to get a pass on that one. Listen, uh, we understand. See, this is this is when this is when people use. And I'm not accusing this brother of doing it. So so uh, forgive me if it applies this. But but I've seen people will try to use scientific data and scientific terms and sound heavy, but they have no idea what they're talking about because they're not really competent in the field or in the nomenclature of that particular scientific discipline. We understand okay. we understand that the strata can change and shift a little bit. But one thing that will not happen is that the earth, um, a layer of the earth is not going to all of a sudden miraculously uh, take its top layer and then put it on the bottom of it of itself and, and be under under the bottom layer. That doesn't happen. OK, we understand uh, uh, plate tectonics and the shifting of, of the uh, crust and, and things of that nature. But even that is detectable in um, in those earth sciences. These are all accounted for. So it's not like it's something that's not accounted for that slips slips past, you know, the scientific community's mind. And all of a sudden we have this miracle where, you know, the bottom layer of a cake is now on the icing and the icing is now at the bottom of the cake. It's, it's just not going to happen that way. And, then, and it doesn't happen that way. So we have to be realistic and understand what's going on. Mm -mm -mm. That's a good point right there. Where you at, Sean? Ain't he in it? He, he disappeared. He fell out. Boy, that's crazy. Hmm. Nice, you want to add something? Also, we have to say, uh, if 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 they always been here, where are the bodies at? Because they would have been preserved with ice, with the ice sheets being over. Killed them. That's a good point. Because there are now, they are there are. Um, animals or organisms and animals and um, humans that have been preserved uh, by way of the ice. We've seen that. So where are the bodies that date back that far? Yeah, and I mean, uh, let me, uh, let me. Wait a minute. Hold up. Oh, come on. I mean, I mean, listen, are they saying that the human beings had dinosaurs as pets? <laughs> I mean, are they saying that human beings lived during the, you know, while dinosaurs were here? Like, like was was Fred was Fred Flintstone was the Flintstone cartoon based on a real reality? Oh man! I mean, seriously, see, this is this is what I, this is what I'm saying. I'm, I'm, you know, we have to we have to reclassify and character and characterize, you know, these claims as they what they really are, so we can really appreciate. See, I. I can appreciate somebody telling me that human beings live during dinosaurs and stuff like that as long as I don't expect it to be uh, a scientific, you know, truth or whatever the case is. If I can accept it as entertainment and sci-fi, I can accept it just like I go to see um, Avengers Infinity War and I can go in there and enjoy myself. I don't expect that to be real. 
or realistic. I'm, I'm, I look, I go for entertainment purposes. I, I get lost in the characters. I get lost in the storyline and everything for momentarily and, and enjoy the movie, come out of there and I face reality. That was a moment of escaping reality. So when these people teach this kind of stuff, those are just moments to escape reality and we should enjoy it as entertainment. But then when, but, but then when, you know, when the seriousness comes back, we got to snap out of it. That's all. Nobody's going to sit here and tell me human beings were always here in Americas or anywhere um, during that early uh, time period. And also with that, you got people who are claiming that when the continents were all together, uh, uh, properly called Pangaea, that human beings were there. No human being existed during Pangaea. For, for, for people to walk over here on this side of the, on this side of the earth um, directly from the continent we call Africa today and stuff like that. That's just not realistic. That's entertaining and I can appreciate it as entertainment. Like I go watch a basketball game. I'm not participating in the basketball game. Right, that's entertaining. All right. So we got to keep it in those type of uh, in that type of context. And so for the record, never you talk about the landmass being one. Right. Y'all know that y'all claim we use the white man's science, but you're using the white man's science too, if that's the case, since science uh, miraculously have changed to being the white. So you need to know who first purport, uh, reported the uh, quote unquote, the continental drift. All right, you need to know that. So let's see, speculation that the continents might have drifted was first put forward by, look him up, Abraham Orthelos. Or to us. All right. That's who first purported that. Then it goes on to say the concept was independently and more fully developed by Alfred Winger in 1912. Uh, OK, so I mean, look, check this out, man. Dealing with the continental drift, dealing with plate tectonics, you got to do a study on that. Right. Then you got to feel like, well, since y'all don't believe in evolution, man, y'all in trouble. See what I'm saying? It's consequences to saying that humans was here during the continental drift. That's 250 million years ago. That's 250 million years ago. There is no archaeological remains of Homo sapiens sapiens at 250 million years ago. You won't find it in that strata at 250 million years. You just won't find it. It's not there. Mm. All right. So this is simple if we just take our time and recognize what in the hell is really going on around us. Got a lot of uh, uh, foolery going on. Right. A lot of people hating on science, but yet they're using scientific ideas and it just doesn't make any sense. It is so crazy. Let me see if I can. Um... Okay. Wow. Are you um, doing that? I just want to share uh, on the screen. I have on the screen the um, mitochondria uh, haplogroup uh, map. It's the mtDNA human migration uh, mitochondria haplogroup map. And I'm sure people, if anybody have watched us before, they've seen they've seen us share this before. And I encourage you to uh, look it up yourself. The um, Maternal haplogroup migration pattern. All right. And so 
uh, and you know, do your due diligence on what haplogroups are and so on and so forth. Haplogroups are a combination between haplotype and group genetic group, uh, populations uh, they classify as groups. And what it boils down to is that um, during uh, over uh, long periods of time, the human uh, genome will mutate. It will go through changes. And these changes occur in different locations geographically based on the lack of the ability of a specific population being able to intermingle with another population. So, uh, which causes two separate or disparate uh, genetic populations to change in a different way. And these differences become variations. And these variations are recognized and they're labeled and they're classified and coded, which where we get these codes of these letters and these numbers called haplogroups. So that's like a gist of what those these haplogroups are. And so they happen over a chronological period of time and they follow a time period and they follow a geographical location. So because of time and location, they can plot and chart migration patterns. And so in the Americas on the maternal side, you see over there in the Americas where you have maternal haplogroup C, A, D, B, and X towards towards the north in Canada. Okay, so in Canada you have uh, X. In America you have B. You have all, all four of them. You have B, D, A, and C track, trekking down through America, Central America, into South America. Okay. So this is why we say for people who are claiming to be aboriginals or indigenous to this land, take a DNA test. And so what happens when we say that they always push back by then deflecting and talking about things that they don't understand, which is DNA. They try to debunk DNA all together. They say DNA is 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 not a true science and and so on and so forth. And they get it wrong every single time. They don't even understand it. And so what I encourage people to do. Even aboriginals first study something before you try to attempt to speak about it, let alone try to debunk it or criticize it. First, learn about it, because every single person that I've heard that claim indigenous uh, uh, to this land or aboriginal or whatever, when they try to talk about DNA, they never get it right. One brother on our show um, started to talk about it and he didn't even know what autosomal or admixture was. He didn't even know that there was three different stories or three different results that you get from your DNA analysis. Hmm. And that's very basic to this this kind of uh, conversation. So people have to step up their game before they even enter a conversation like this. But still, the request is that you take a DNA test and look at your paternal and maternal haplogroups. And therefore, you could tell where your lineages come from. This is solid science and it's well documented. So, so uh, that's the maternal one. Let me quickly show the, uh, the, the paternal one, and then I'll get right back to you. Uh, uh. So here is the uh, paternal haplogroup uh, map that you should be able to see. And so here's where the maternal or the, or the lineage of the, of the men. And for those who don't know maternal or paternal lines, the, these are the sex um, genes that are passed down on the maternal side from mother to daughter and on the paternal side from father to son. And the reason why they can clock uh, uh, lineage so far back and, and um, with more precision is because these mutations are very um, or much more uh, rare 
because they they involve parts of the human genome that are not part of the recombination process okay whereas you get you get 23 chromosomes from your mother 23 from your father and they recombined <clears throat> but on the, on these particular uh parts of that um uh those genes they don't go through that recombination process so they're passed down and so they change very 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 slow in compared to the others so here's the, the paternal so on the paternal side you see the paternal or men in the americas you have c3 <clears throat> q3 c3 and again q3 in south america so again we're asking you to take a dna test get your dna analyzed and get your haplogroup assignment find out what your haplogroups are if you're not q3 or c3 on the paternal side and um what was it on the maternal uh, i think it was a b um let me switch back to that real quick if it was if you're not on the maternal side if a, you're b, c, D, and X. right a b c d and x if you're not on that on uh, of those haplogroups a member of those haplogroups on your maternal side then guess what you are not indigenous like uh maury pover say you are not the father no but you <laughs> <laughs> america is not your father yeah, you know we're not, we're not um that's what's that that's that's how you that's how you uh uh you know start in the conversation right there so all right i'm gonna pass it back to you i just wanted to share that mm, yeah you kind of ended the conversation right there mm -mm. new native american mitochondria dna explain let me see here mm. hologroup d you did mention hologroup d didn't you Nahisi. Yes. So um, that how that that mm. which marker is it? D one yo that this exclusive to to, to North America to to to, to the Americas. Should be D. Should be D. Yes. Yeah, I just had it on the screen. It's A B C D and X. Yeah, but they they origin don't be in North Native North America though. They origin be like in Asia, right? Like uh, D, let me share my screen again. You can see it on the screen. So, uh, Uncle, you could use this um, as a when you're uh, if you if you if y'all can see my cursor, you can see D comes out of the um, West Asia, and it treks across asia across where india is and it goes upwards on the on the coastline up towards um uh this area here which will be you know where you have japan and and um you know those kind of uh islands there and then you have it also trekking across the bering strait <clears throat> down the west coast and then in central america uh, in Central North America, and then in Central America, and then down into South America. That's D. So this is yellow. This yellow line. And I'm not sure how clear it is on coming up on the screen, but somebody, anybody can pull it up and uh, look at a, a clear version of it. Damn. Almost got the. What, what mark is that though, um, Nahisi? For which one? It's one that that that, that actually uh, mutated in, in Americans. You don't find it no way. You don't find that. That should be that should be an X. Okay. All right. All right. Yep. 
So it's X. Well, wait, wait. Well, wait. Well, now let me let me um back up a, a second. <clears throat> what we're seeing on the screen are the major nodes of these uh, haplogroups and these mutations. You also have sub subgroups and everything. So, Unc, I think you're talking about one of the subgroups of one of the ones that we're seeing, because D as a as a whole, D as a whole, uh, originates over there in Asia, you know, okay. and and walk over here. But but uh, the sub uh, groups of these, you know, A, B, C, or D. Uh, may have occurred only in America and so on and so forth. That's probably what you're referring to. So on on this screen, this is given a a higher level um, migration pattern of the of the major nodes of these haplogroups. Okay. All right. So you know we got to remember that. All right. Hold on. You said it was X. Yeah, A, B, C, D, and X. Yeah, are in the Americas. This is for the maternal line. Hmm. <clears throat> Yeah, I'm gonna find it. I'm gonna come back. I'm. I'm on, I need to find that. I need to really find which one it was. But you're absolutely right. It's not. It, it don't just pop up out of nowhere, though. It has to extend from something. You're absolutely right about that. Let me. I just can't see. Let me see. Damn. Oh man, Hulu X is also one of the five Hulu groups found in Indigenous peoples of America. Say clad, although it occurs only at frequency of about three percent for the total current indigenous population in the Americas, it is it is a bigger hollow group in okay in north in northern North America, where amongst the Agolian people, about twenty five percent. Okay, oh, man. Hmm. All right. You had to help me find that, Nahisi. I know you know what I'm talking about. Yes, I know what you're talking about. Well, it says here, Native American mitochondrial DNA. Native American mitochondrial DNA consists of five base haplogroups, A, B, C, D, and X. And that's what I showed on the screen. That's what's still showing on the screen. Within those five major haplogroups are found many native as well as non-native sub-haplogroups over the last 15 years. Researchers have been documenting haplogroups found within the native community, although progress has been slow for various reasons, including but not limited to lack of participants to, with proven native uh, heritage on a relevant mat matrilineal genealogical line, etc. So it's repeating what we're saying. A, B, C, D, and X are those haplogroups that are um, that have the most frequency in the Americas. And so again, anybody who's claiming Aboriginal. Uh, um, biological status or whatever the case is or native american um status get your dna analyzed and make your results public that's all that's all you have to do that's the beginning and ending of that conversation and i guarantee you everyone who makes these claims they will not take a dna analysis and, and they'll give the excuse that dna is fake or dna is not real or this and that but i guarantee you if there was if it was a brother and a sister just just takes him to court and claims that he's the father of their child, they are going to welcome DNA with open arms and they're going to they're going to, you know, do the slow, the the uh, what do you call it? The two step with the DNA at that point. You know, they're going to embrace DNA wholeheartedly. 
or if they were accused of murder and and you know it had some human uh, uh fluids left behind on the murder scene and they got the dna samples from there and they're accusing somebody of of committing that particular crime i'm sure they're going to welcome dna um uh in that scenario in that in that specific uh instance and even with that aboriginals or native indigenous people who who who, who push this doctrine they will even say in those instances that that's not the same DNA test. That's not the same thing. That's not the same thing. It is. And this, and this goes back to what I'm saying. These people, people have to become competent and proficient in this information before they open their mouth. Hands and down. Where do they get that from, though? Where do they get it from is not the same thing. Who said that? Well, they have to say it because they have to find anything to avoid doing it. So they're going to say anything. So, so I wouldn't be surprised if they if they make up another thing. Well, one thing we know for sure, Ishmael Law, <laughs> we ain't already, you know, did shows on your DNA test, so I don't know how you're going to work a lot of that, bro. Let me sit back and laugh at you. Yeah. Like I say, anybody can get it. Ishmael Law can get it. Mexicans get it. Africans get it. Anybody can get it. Trust me with that. I like the Carol's One song. When some clown jumps up to get beat down. Yeah, broken down. Very last compound. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. That was my favorite joint. Yeah, you're just not going to get away, get, get around the DNA, bro. You're not going to get around the archaeological record. It's not going to happen. No, Nobody supports that. Nobody in the scientific community supports that. I mean, nobody. You can't find... No, you can't find no black scientists, no white scientists, no nobody supports that. You just get a group of people keep saying it. They keep talking about. Okay. Um, okay, I'm sorry. Let me Did you read that? Did you read his comment? No, nah, I was I'm trying to go back and um Let me read it. It's silly to think that you can figure out where humans originated. I want original thoughts from the Amaral squad, not regulations. What other scientists have said? What? No, not regulating? Regurgitation what? of what other scientists oh, say. Okay, we, we get, man, come on, man. That's dumb. Just... No, no, no. Okay, let, let's address that though, because that's that's become an epidemic in, in our communities as well. So this is the idea. Okay, this is a problem as well. Now, I opened up this show by, by telling you all a problem. Of um, Dr. Clyde Winters making a claim that he can tell all there is to know about a book just by reading the table of contents. So listen, family, do not, do not accept that. Under no circumstances are you to accept that. Please don't follow in those footsteps. That is bad advice and that is bad practice. That is not scholarly at all. And for somebody to hold a PhD, for them to to uh, uh, say that and recommend that or or you know display that, that's just terrible hands down so we have that going on so also what's going on is that people are instead of them taking the time and discipline up to apply the rigor and and the amount of time it takes to study a certain subject they want to ignore what is already been documented about a certain topic and they want to come on the scene and invent something new and so now you have this new movement of of okay of let's not regurgitate what other people say let's come up with something different let's think outside the box let's think outside the box how are we going to ever 
of advance our knowledge if we're always regurgitating what other people say. Let's invent something new. And see, <laughs> and they don't under people don't understand that's not how science works and that's not how the body of knowledge is added onto. In order to add on to a body of knowledge, you have to first understand where you left off, where others left off at. Because how are you going to know you're adding anything? If how do you know you're not repeating something already? How do you know it's original? Exactly. That's that's the exactly that's the point. If you if if you don't if you don't study what the scholarship already is currently, you're not going to know what research questions to tackle that haven't been tackled before, and you're not going to know. Um, whether what you're doing is not like you said, repeating and being redundant in the first place. You're never going to know if you're adding anything anyway. So instead of people taking time out to fully learn something, they want to bypass those steps. And this is an ongoing growing uh, uh, problem in our community. And what, what it stems from is people just not willing to put in the work. And it comes a lot from from the people who are not really Either they don't have time or just not into being very studious, period. And, you know, we got to understand that that this so-called conscious community is really a, a compromise between scholastic people who actually go to school and pursue uh, scholarly pursuits versus, you know, the the um, you know, the the street. And so so because information or the intellectual aspect comes to the street now it's a compromise and so people on the street are not prepared or gone through the prerequisites of scholarship so now there has to be a compromise so they can meet in the middle and so now we're seeing the results of that and it's creating problems and so we have to keep it tight and say look now nah, you're gonna have to study that brother you got to study that before you open your mouth like like sit down calm down slow down Read a book, then come holler at me. But that's not what's going on. So people are trying to avoid it and things. So so we got people that are saying things like what you just read. Let's not regurgitate what other scientists say. Let's see something. Let's see what 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 the uh, opinions of this and that are. Let me read this. It say this is sad. If we don't come up, I don't know what that is. Our with our own original hypothesis, we will always be lost. All right. Yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> no, yeah. but, but why? But why? Why? Yeah, why? That's the point. And, and, and the even think that the bad part about it is, man, I, I don't have a problem with you coming up with a scientific hypothesis. See? So, so, so yes. But, but, but why would we come up with, I mean, what, like at the end of the day, it, 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 it has worked out. For us, it, I mean, it, it, surely, it clearly proves uh, who we are, right? Yeah, it's and <clears throat> it's like they used to say we came from gorillas or something crazy like that, right? And, you know, yada, 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 right? Racism and the scientific racism, it, that, 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 the whole thing was rocked with that, fooling. And at the end of the day, they find out that one, you know, African people, before the word Africa, resided in an environment without no other people but them. That's a fact. Two, that these people that you thought was gorillas and animals and half humans, you know what I mean, are the first people on planet Earth. Right? And three, 
These people are the mothers and fathers of everybody. Is that not what we've been saying from day one? Is that not what the elders taught? So now that they verified it, right? It's like we put in. The, it's like they was saying we we, we claiming this and claiming that, or we propose a claim or whatever. Now they back that up and support that with DNA evidence. One, the fossil record. Two. You know what I'm saying? Structures, three, they, they verified everything. So it's so so we so crazy that when we finally get a victory, y'all want to give it back and start all over again. But wait. it's working our favor. Why don't we change that? Not, not only that though, the people that are saying that you know we should come up with our own hypothesis, they themselves are not coming up with their own. Because right. because the claims that are being made are claims that are being made uh, already. They're not new. They're things that are being made by by the French and pseudo among the Europeans. Period. So so in in order to come up with a, a hypothesis, there's nothing wrong with coming up with hypotheses. There's nothing wrong with that. It's done all the time, every day, all day. Hey Godfrey, I put the link in your Facebook group, bro. We don't come in. Let me see what Chief Brokenfeather said. He said, Unc said. We 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 was already here. What's the argument? All right, man. He just missed that whole thing, boy. Now, so is that? Wait, what were you going to say, Buddha? No, I was, I was going to say that that again. Back to this, there's a problem. There's a problem. There's just people have to really slow down, and and study to become competent and proficient in the subject matter that they attempting to argue. And participate in that's just uh, that's just should be 101 that should be just some basic requirements and and people are not competent to speak on these things and i don't mean become an expert i'm i myself is not i'm not an expert in biogenetics i i, I don't have a phd i don't have a master's or a bachelor's in uh biogenetics that's not my specialty that's not my expertise that's not my area of research but I know enough to know that if I'm going to speak on it, I better know what I'm talking about. I better study enough to be able to hold a conversation and to be able to understand what I'm being told and to be able to uh, discern from what I'm being told and to be able to keep up with the nomenclature of the, the different scientific fields. Like you're not going to hear me get on here and talk about um, how, to, how to fix a car from scratch. I don't know nothing too much of anything about automobiles except for changing the tire, changing the brakes, putting oil in it and starting it and let's go. But I'm not going to get into details about a car or anything else I don't know because it would be silly for me to do so. So the same way I feel about that, people should feel the same way about talking about uh, genetics and things like that. Until you do the knowledge, then then you should slow things down. And keep quiet until you until you know better. That's it. <laughs> yeah, so it's, half of y'all don't even know what uranium-238 is, right? And, and so, you know, it's just certain processes we're going to use to date certain rocks. Most of y'all ain't even study rocks. Go holler at me after you study rocks. <laughs> yeah, you start with rocks. Do that for a minute. Y'all probably need to start with rocks, all right? You don't even know how many types of rocks it is. I bet you. I bet y'all don't. You know what I'm saying? Bet you don't. 
No, no, no. You don't even know how you would date an archaeological site, do you? You don't even know what a half-life is. You can't even get into this conversation, man, unless you understand that, man. You know, what? what, I, what hmm. Radioactive isotopes, uranium-238, what's that? You know, iron. You know what I'm saying? Lead. You, then you got lead. 205. Like, we could just keep going in and in and in. Man, come on, man. man let's... Let's just do this real quick, okay? Because I'm I'm reading the comments. Let's I'm trying to go down the comments in the order they that they uh, are showing. Um, we have we have a, a brother, Chief Holiday. He sent he's saying, "Are you guys really listening to this? Okay, Wujau, two different DNA tests, and they know it." And he he's making reference to my statement when I was talking about paternity tests in court for um you know whether a, a, a man is the father of a child. Or even um, on a crime scene, if a murder is committed or, or whatever the case is, and they have um, human remains and they're able to, to uh, store and document DNA from that, those type of situations. Uh, number one, your DNA is your DNA. <laughs> okay? It's not going to change uh, between a test. What happens is it's the same way that, that when your blood is drawn at the hospital, they could draw your blood. Your blood is your blood. But it depends on what they're what they are querying your blood for. So uh, they could draw your blood to test for iron uh, content, or they can use your same blood and test for electrolytes, the magnesium content, the the calcium, the um, uh, sodium, and all those kinds of things. Or they could check your blood for other types of things. But your blood is your blood, so it depends on what they're querying it for. Now. In the DNA test, your DNA is your DNA. In a DNA test for paternity, they're trying to match. The same way that they're matching your relatives, they're trying to match whether or not you are the father of a child. It's the same science. The same techniques are used. But except they're not tracing lineage because they're just going one generation. So, so in that context... It's the same test, but it's but it's looking for a different thing. It's querying a different thing, but it's the same thing. Your DNA being sequenced is your DNA being sequenced. And I repeat, the sequencing of your DNA is the same process as the sequencing of your DNA. For all of these tests, they have to sequence your DNA. Do you understand that they have to un they have to get down to the sequencing of your DNA? That is the same process for all of this. It's just that what they're querying it for uh, depends on the scenario or, or whatever they're, they're, they're looking for. If they're looking for your lineage or they're looking for your paternal lineage or your maternal lineage or your autosomal admixture. Those are three separate stories that they can get from your DNA. And out of those three different stories the the first level down from you would be your children that is the same same process don't let anybody tell you that those are two different tests to, as if to say that there's something specially done differently that is false and you talk to talk to any biogeneticist about that we had dr rick kittles on our show that broke it down and and you know like i said these people that are making these claims they are not competent in this information to make such claims period 
And Chief Holiday is the brother that I mentioned earlier who did not even know what admixture or, or, or nuclear DNA um, admixture was all about. But had the audacity to come on our show and try to argue. What else we got in here, yo? Anybody else coming in? Right, go ahead. You said they had the audacity. <laughs> oh, hell no, nah, man. Yeah, so we... <laughs> Look, you want you want to finish, uh, Wuja? No, I was just I was just going down the list. So I'm I'm just letting people know, understand that when a person gets there, see, this is the process. See, you you can tell who who's actually taking a DNA uh, test and who hasn't. It's it's, it's 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 clear that the brother Chief Holiday has not gone through the process at all, and not is not even bothered to even learn the process. But when you get your DNA analyzed, now they could do it simply by uh, saliva and they are going to take your saliva and they're going to sequence your DNA. When they do a paternity test to see if you're the father of a child, guess what they do? They take your saliva and they sequence your DNA. It's the same process, brother. Don't let people tell you it's two different tests. It's two different inquiries, but it's the same test, the same procedure. <laughs> sequencing your DNA is sequencing your DNA. In order for them to tell if you are 99.9% .9 match of a, of a child, you best believe they're going to sequence your SNPs. They're going to sequence that and they're, they're going to compare them. All right, I'm sorry, but that's that's all I wanted to say on that. Um, so I, that, I'm finished with that. All right, so maybe I'll get into uh, maybe not tonight, right? Like I said, study rocks, okay? <laughs> and that's a real good study. That's like one of the hardest goddamn studies I know to learn about rocks. You know what I mean? The three types of rocks: igneous rocks, sedimentary rocks, metamorphic rocks. And if you don't know what that is, you can't even get into the conversation. Google that. Google is Google. Uh, um, metamorphic rocks, right? Metamorphic. Google sedimentary rocks and Google igneous rocks. Google that before you really get into the conversation. You know what I'm saying? So at the end of the day, man, this, 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 this it gets very, very serious, right? So you know, for people to say, "Well, this ain't that old. This ain't that." Man, they know about radio radioactive isotopes. You know what a radioactive isotope is? You know, radioactive atoms. Man, you know what I'm saying? I talked about uranium 238, right? All right. And, and if you know anything about uranium 238, it has a certain rate of decay, right? If you know what the half life is, uh, I think it's about what? Uh, 4.5 or 4. I think it's 4.5 billion years, right? that decays into lead 206. And so all you gotta do is know the half-life, right? And break it down in intervals. When you break that down in intervals, right? And then you can figure out, well, how many, uh, it decayed to lead 206, right? So, so how many uh, radioactive atoms is in this rock? <laughs> it's in this English rock, right? How many how many radioactive isotopes is in the daggone rock? And it'll tell you how old that area is. 
It's crazy, man. Like, like it's just crazy. And then you got to understand about uh, sediment rocks, right? They the only place with fossils, actually. Uh, you find fossils is in a sedimentary rock. So now you got to take, you know what I'm saying, the English rock above, you know what I'm saying, the sedimentary rock and the English rock that's below the sedimentary rock. And then you got to get an approximation date. Y'all don't even understand that. You don't understand dating. You don't understand half-life. And like the rules y'all said, I'm not a damn expert, but I got enough sense to just study and understand the difference and understand what a radioactive isotope is. You know what I'm saying? Like these are things you just gotta, you gotta know this to get in this conversation, at least with me, because I'm gonna bust you in the head with it. Plain and simple, because you got to know this. This is part of archeology. span Why ignis rocks? You know, how does the clock zero out on ignis rocks? Right, the word ignis comes from the Greek word, uh, I think it's uh, uh, not morphic, but uh, uh, man, molten, liquid, because it's liquid. And when, it, and when that liquid rock hardens up to the ignis rock, right, it zeroes out. And then you can start getting a date. It's just like taking a, in the old days, they used to take like containers of water and they wanted to figure out, you know what I'm saying, how long a day was. So you put a hole in that, in that container and over the day period, right, you just mark it and the water level, you know, falls down, you mark it, falls down, falls down. So if you was to stop the day of water from leaking out, you would know what time of day it was, what time it stopped based off of the amount of water that's left in that. Same with candles. That's how they should keep time, burn the candle, right? And they know it takes this long, a whole day for the candle to burn, right? So whatever part of the candle is left, you know what time of the day that is. So, man. So where you at, Garfield? What's going on, brother? I see you. Dagger squad in the building. Garfield in the house. In the house on the celly. Garfield, so listen, before you before you uh speak real quick, because I know Garfield we're going to go in for a second. Um, let me let me address something because see, we can't, I'm not gonna let in I'm nobody's getting a pass tonight. So this a brother, uh Chief Holiday, you know, I'm addressing a couple of things he said, but here's another brother named I am King Sosa. Okay. Now, he's saying that DNA ancestry will not hold up in a court of law. And that's a fact, which is different from paternity test. Now, I, I've already just now explained that the 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 uh, sequencing of your DNA is the exact same process. But guess what? When when a child and when a parent is determined to be the parent of a child, that is your ancestry. OK, you have your descendancy and then your ancestry. Ancestry is going backwards. Descendancy is going forward. OK, now what what they don't do in court is that nobody's going to going to have a court case. First of all, no one's going to have a court case where you're required to bring your haplogroup into court. Why? Mm -hmm. Because your haplogroup is is simply the code for the most common recent ancestor and where that ancestor geographically lived and there and there is no legal case that would require something like that so when people say it won't hold up in court it's never brought into court so that so that that's a red herring that's a deflection that's a distraction don't even don't bring that up what is brought up in court is paternity test and what else is brought up in court is to eliminate you as being a possible sub suspect in a rape case 
or a or a violent crime or a murder case where human uh, fluid remains uh, were left on the scene and they were able to isolate a person's uh, uh, genetic sequence. They could sequence the, the genes of somebody's remains left on a the scene. They can eliminate you as a suspect because of that. Those are the kinds of things that are used in court. And that's part of the same process, brother. So so <laughs> I, I am um, King Sosa. When your DNA is, is sequenced, it's sequenced the same way for paternity tests as it is to get to be uh, eliminated as a suspect of a crime and as your ancestry, brother. So hey, I just want you to understand that. Hey, peace. peace. Is my mic on? Yeah, yeah we can hear you. On. Yep, yep, yep. Hey, peace. Hey, Hold on real quick, Garfield. Hey, Wuja. Yes. If you can take a person's DNA, right, at a crime scene and match it up with another person, <laughs> then obviously you can match that same DNA up, you know what I'm saying, right, with other people in that same group. It's not hard to figure that out. You right. feel me? Right. I mean, and that's the point. So so we so I, I don't want it to fly past people here to act as if the brother said anything deep. The brother didn't say anything deep at all. The point is, is that when you're in order to even get to an identity level of DNA, it has to be sequenced. And that process is the same. Talk to any biogeneticist, a person who actually does this for a living in the laboratories. They will tell you they will tell you that they do the same process. We're going to get a forensic scientist in here next. We got one coming aboard. I'm just letting y'all know. Hey that, hey, that test is called the RFLP test, and it's what they're looking for. Once they do that test, they can see if it's, you can use it in forensics, you can use it for paternity. It's called the RFLP. All Look right. that up. Google that. Where you at, where you at Dagger Squad up? Hey, peace and love, man. Hey, um... Nahisi, what's up, man? Long time, bro. You hiding, man. You probably too too much in the lab, man. You ain't got no time for us. <laughs> nah, I'm not hiding, bro. How you doing, bro? I'm doing good, man. Listen, there's a sister by the name of um. Let me bring her name up. She's the perfect person to deal with the Native and um American stuff. She has a website called African-NativeAmerican.com. And what she has done, and I suggest everybody that's claiming Aboriginal or whatever, they need to read her work. I've reached out to her, and um, she deals with the five civilized tribes, which most of them want to be a part of. And um, let me get her name so that everybody could research her on their own. She has a book called um, Genealogy. Um, whew. She does all the research for the Oklahoma freedmen, which is what they're really trying to claim and go back to. So to cut the story short and to deal with the, the proper primary research, she's in the field. She's doing the field research. She's examining the Dawes cards and all that stuff. So she's like the perfect person for all these guys and us to even research. I've reached out to her through email and social media to see if we probably could interview her. But she's, her name is Angela Y. Walton's dash Raji. Angela Y. Walton Raji. Anybody could um, Google her. She's one of the greatest minds when it comes to this stuff. You know, so we we doing pity pat stuff. She goes deep into it. The Dawes rolls show you how to research because guess what, family? If you really are a native, we can prove it. We mm -hmm. can prove it because of the Dawes records show 
majority of them, of course, were Indian men, native men sleeping with black women. So when the black women were a slave, I mean, when you talk about DNA now, if you have a girl, if they have a girl baby, of course, the girl is not going to carry the, the man's DNA down to her. And then the girl have a girl. It's going to be hard for them. But the records are there to say, hey, what? You were a freedman in 19, early 1900s. You should have gotten land in Oklahoma, which is about 20,000 people. And I think what happened is that conversation hasn't been, people don't talk about it, but they're trying to make every African-American, 98% of us, to be native when it really was a small number, like a 0.5% of um, people who are in the population who have Native American um, ancestry. And I think this will help them to get to where they need to get, you know, and then we can prove. But what we find now that I heard today from a, another Dagger Squad member is that the people are looking at the Dawes Roll, Ank, Ank, mm. and they are seeing people's last name and say, yeah, that's me, I'm related to them. So now... <laughs> This is why now the DNA test and the blood test is, is some of these um, native people, they're asking for blood tests and DNA tests just for you to be a part of their tribe. So now that's where the problem for them come in because at the end of the day, they might run from DNA when we talk, but to be a part of the, one of these tribes, you're going to have to do a DNA test. You're going to have to do a DNA test. And because you can't just walk up into these people's tribes just like that. And that's a good point because now that the technology is here, and now that um, they understand, they understand it, and they're becoming more literate in it. Now they now they can use it, and they can actually have uh, apply it to what it is that they're doing. And that's going to be a key factor of eliminating people from falsely claiming a Native American ancestry when they're really not. Not because your grandmother said so or whatever. And I want to speak on that very quickly about this whole um, um, uh, folklore legend. That Native Americans may say that they were always here. They're from the ice. Well, guess what? In ancient Kemet, there is lore that in ancient Kemet, that was the very, very first land to ever emerge from the ocean. They call it the uh, primordial mound, the Ben Ben stone, and so on and so forth. That took place in Memphis, in Memphis, Egypt today, what's known as Memphis or Mendifer in ancient times. Now, are we are we expected to believe that 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 the first emergence of of dry land after the earth was, you know, surrounded by water, whatever the case is, that the first piece of land took place right there where Memphis is today in Egypt? Are we to believe that? So so we have to understand the power of myth and what is really meant by it. People are misinterpreting this figurative way that that information was documented. You got to remember, we're coming from oral societies, not literate or literary societies. And they had to ha they had to come up with an ingenious way to store knowledge, to pass it from generation to generation. And they formed these figurative uh, techniques and technologies to store this information. And today people are misinterpreting it. So don't get it twisted. Hey, Unc, you there? I'm right here. Hey, Chief wanted to talk about A double zero, and I wanted to talk about it because we need to um make well, some. bring him on here. Where you at? Where you at, man? Nah. Oh no, no. We ain't gotta bring him up. We just got. My fault. My fault. No, my fault. My fault. My fault. My fault. I slipped. <laughs> I slipped back in my old ways. My fault. I, I just gave a whole diatribe about an hour going how I ain't doing it. No, my fault. My fault. My fault. Chief broken feather. My fault. Hey, and by the way, the lady's name is Angela Y. Walton Raji. Everybody needs to 
jump on that. She's made made research in this field so easy. I'm actually ordering her book on Monday because if she has done the five civilized tribes research and has done the field research, I think that's somebody we need to connect with. Just like oh, Dr. Kittles is somebody in DNA that we we need we we connected with. So because she's doing the actual field work, you know what I'm saying? So the anthropology work, she's doing the archaeology work, she's doing the the actual um she's going through the census records, she helps you to find your family. So she's doing a lot of that. And that's what they really need, you know, to find out if they really are natives or not. They're not gonna listen to me, they're not gonna listen to Unc. They're not going to listen to anybody who is who, who they feel as the enemy. They're going to listen to somebody who is in the field that they're in. And I, and I suggest they go to that person and figure out who they are because we're going to tell you who you are straight up. You are not native. You're African. But you don't want to hear that. You want, you want to try and get piece of land and get money. We, we know what your motive is because you feel being an African is worth nothing. That's all it is. And, and that's where we get upset because that's more like self-hatred. You know, but... Hey, it's a dead end. And if you want to go up that dead end, that's on you. As far as the um the A double zero, I want to clarify it for Chief because um Jeez. you gotta be careful. Because you see, you see, they're using examples that has to do again with evolution. You have to do it um archaic human mixed with anatomical modern day humans. They don't want to hear that stuff, um, yeah. but they still want to use it. They want to use they don't understand it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that A double zero is from an archaic human. Mm-hmm. It's evolution. Exactly. So, look it up. Read the journal on A double zero. Look at the video I did. Me and Ali Muhammad, y'all great chief. Yeah, look at the one that me and him did too. We we went into it. You see, you see the, the issue with the Y DNA going all the way to three hundred and thirty-eight thousand is the fact that we know modern day man anatomical modern day human didn't go that far so there had to be some sort of intermixing but the thing the beautiful thing about this research is the gentleman by the name of um matthew forker who i, I tried to introduce to the squad a couple of years ago he's the guy that found two thousand specimens for michael hammer and them so before they found albert perry in 2012 they already had a double zero specimens locked away a lot of people don't know the, the history of the whole A double zero because when they found Perry, they didn't have any farm other group that matched him. So what they did is the University of College of London, they expanded the search because they had the specimens that Matthew Forka had from 2006. And that's when they saw the connection with the, um, not the Bangwa, with the, um, I forgot what the tribe is in Cameroon. They said, hey, here's the link here. It's A double zero in Cameroon. But it's not the exact A double zero as Perry. But later on, Matthew Perry did his independent research now, like around three years ago. And what he did, he found um, I think the L eleven forty nine and L eleven twenty were specific. Um, I don't know what we call it sequences or matches that match with Perry. So he, they were so close. They like there was another route to Perry. So there's A double zero and there's A zero and there's another route to where Perry really come from. And those two were actually pretty much very extremely similar. And um, so Perry and the Bangwa people in Cameroon. So you ask yourself, why only eight people in the entire United States have A double zero? I think Erica Badu is actually one of them. 
And you have to use logics now. You, you, you have to say, okay, let's look all over the world and see where we find A double zero. They found it in Cameroon. Mm-hmm. So that, concentration. that means he came from Cameroon because of the slave trade and came here to America because I think he was a first generation slave. I don't think he was a second generation, first generation when he came over. So, hey, they trace it back to Cameroon and that's where it comes from. So the A double zero is not here. It's in Cameroon. That's the root of it. Yeah, it never was here, man. That was Ali Muhammad with that nonsense. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. No, he has no journals, no scientific to back that up. The person that found it don't back it up. It's just him saying it. See, they got the him saying the scholarship. They just say it. They just say <laughs> it, scholarship. Nah, man. Come on, man. So, yeah, that AWG, Devil Jibbo is not indigenous. No, nice trial. And if it was, it'd still be evolution. There you go. Nah, I don't. <laughs> we only have to do the ifs because it's not. So let's leave it at not. That's yeah, it. I'm that's, just saying. It's just, it. just food. So let's deal with this. The Freeman descendants discover past DNA test finds percentage of, of American Indian blood, right? So we know that uh, Rick Kittles, okay, um, mm-hmm. actually went and did the DNA test on the Freeman. I think that's what you was talking about, right? Um, it says, uh, when a cotton swab uh, swabbed a few cells from the inside of Rhonda Grayson's cheek last June, she was pretty sure what she would find. Like most of those at the conference uh, sponsored by the Centers of the Freedmen of the Five Civilized Tribe, Grayson wanted an ironclad proof she is part American Indian. She got it. She showed uh, she showed I had nine, nine, nine 9% Native American blood, said Grayson, a black woman who has traced her lineage to a great-grandmother on the Chickshaw Freedman Rolls. I was not surprised, but I didn't know what percentage I would have. Right? So, see, that's working her faith, that DNA. Mm-hmm. See, y'all ain't got no heart. Have heart. Right? It says others were surprised by the findings, including Ray Kittles, the Ohio State University geneticist, whose assistant swabbed about 100 cheeks that day in Norman. Kittles returned Saturday to report his findings at the association's third annual conference at the University of Oklahoma. The conference starts at 9 a.m. in Dale Hall. Goes on to say, intrigued, by the plight of the Oklahoma black Indians, Kittles came to Oklahoma to test his hypothesis that the descendants of Oklahoma freedmen today would be about 20% American Indian. The figure was 6%. Man, he was looking for 20%, but it ended up being 6%. He said, it would, I was shocked to see it was so low. Kittles said in the telephone interview from his office, his findings came as a blow to some uh, to some study participants who traced their ancestry to tribal members and expected a strong genetic stand. That's how science is, Kittle said. When you start looking into things like this, you should be aware and be ready to deal with the unexpected. It said European genes, another surprise, uh, was a percentage of European genes, about 20 percent 
in the study participants. <laughs> so they end up having more. <laughs> you know, <PhD. laughs> wow. Dang, you say that much, you say that was much higher than I thought. But in talking with some of the anthropologists, they say many of the Native Americans in that area were already mixed with whites before mixing with the blacks killed said. Man. So yeah, y'all can go ahead and uh you know, just type in Rick Kittle's genes Friedman. That's all you got to do. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> Read up on it. Uh, I think uh, I think y'all need to be stopped being scared. I know the Cowboys, Cowboys and Indians, you're out there. All right, stop being scared. Go ahead and get your tests. Get together. We're going to figure out who you are. All right? So, I mean, at the end of the day, man, it is what it is. I don't presume y'all be getting around it. I don't even presume that y'all can put together a proper claim. My answer is, if not Africa, where the hell do you come from? And if you just come from the Americas, then how did human life come to be in Americas? How did that happen? I like a thorough explanation of that with uh, data and resources to support that. And since ain't none of y'all got no labs, I suppose, then I guess y'all would be quote unquote, uh, I'll be making it up. I have a question. Go ahead. Um, did so you woke up, huh? <laughs> nah, man, I've been listening the whole time. As chief, did the ancient remnants, the Egyptians, have contact with the people in the Mexico area? What? That's a question. There is a brother in the chat room who has this belief. That the Egyptians and the Mesoamericans had contact with one another. Yeah, because of the um it's because of David Imhotep's claim of the um the seven hundred BCE. Um what do you call it? Not not David Imhotep's claim. Well actually it's one of his claims too. That um that the they sailed the Nubian sailed from <laughs> um from Egypt or Nubia under during the 25th dynasty. And really? what is important is this. If anybody saw my post today, and I was trying to tell my brother from um, Kemetic Press that it wasn't about necessarily the um, the rock as far as the Almec rock that they like to show and say, hey, they got the big nose and the thick lips. The post really wasn't about that. The post was about what was going on in Kemet at that time period. You see, you have to use common sense. Kemet was not as powerful as people think they were during the 25th dynasty because the Assyrians had control everywhere around them. And I'm surrounded. Yeah, exactly. So if, if and even Taharka got defeated, I mean, he beat them up three times, they beat him up two times, and then he disappeared. But the issue was, Man, where, were they gonna go? where were they going to go if all the areas in the seas were controlled by the Assyrians? Where are they going to go? Where would the, the Egyptians go to get to sail and get out of there? The only person that got permission to sail was Nico, and he was a, an agent for the Assyrian Empire. He was there by orders from them. So we got to be careful when we, we make assumptions that, hey, Egyptians had the technology to do what at what time? How did you get out of there, though, bro? <laughs> Think about it. You got to go into the Mediterranean. Who controlled the Mediterranean Sea at that time? Exactly. That's what we really... The saving act. That's a good one. Well, listen, a part of the conversation that's missing 
and I, I understand why because people don't bother to learn the language and deal with the actual Egyptian text and literature just show me in any Egyptian text where they say that they sailed over here to Mesoamerica just do that and then, yeah. and then and then you'll get my attention that's one two uh this is to chief holiday until you take a dna test i'm not i'm not dealing with you i i've dealt with you directly i gave you the benefit consideration of bringing you on the show you came on one of our shows you had no knowledge of what nuclear autosomal admixture dna was or about the three different tests that dna analysis gives you and so on and so forth but yet you came here with an attempt to try to talk about it and argue and and I give you a shot. I gave you a shot and you failed miserably. So, you know, I'm done with that. So until you take your get your DNA analyzed, there's no need to have a conversation, a direct conversation. OK, so now, you know, you're being used for educational purposes for other people. So when you say <laughs> when you say things like, you know, DNA is fake and stuff like that, you know, nobody is going to believe that. Well, nobody should, especially on your word. OK, because you're not you don't provide anything that is fake or whatsoever. And so DNA is used all the time. All right. It's used for various different reasons. Uh, like I said, it's, it's being applied in the court system with paternity tests, with um, in crime scenes. People are getting uh, actually acquitted from actually already serving time in, in, uh, in prison because now they have um, DNA uh, analysis and stuff. Matter of fact, um, there's a whole entire um, agency company or group called the innocence project and that's one thing that they used uh wholeheartedly for that for all of their uh cases they they actually use the technology of dna sequencing in order to get prisoners out of prison and acquitted on charges where they've maintained their innocence and now they have dna to actually prove it if dna was actually stored from the scene at the time of the crime uh, that it was originally investigated if they never took DNA from the from the scene in the first place, then they're out of luck. But hey, one thing, Ojao, you gotta add on is that sixty three percent of the all prisoners in America that get exonerated because of DNA are African Americans. Right. That very important. That's very important. And and here is why. Because what that what does that tell us? That tells us that that there were points in Americans' history, and it still goes on to this day, where Black people were falsely accused and and they were put in jail and believed by way of the court system and the peers of the people who judged their fate, which was the jury, because of racial biasness. Because if you're black, then you must be guilty. That was the sentiment uh, and that's still a sentiment today. But back then it was the sentiment and people were put in jail because of it. And there's many cases that um, show otherwise. I mean. Uh, I forgot this brother's name. Matter of fact, I'm going to find a video and post it up. It's a very, very good story of this guy going to jail. I think he was 18, 19 at the time. And he ended up didn't get out, get out until fairly recently. And even 39 years, he did 39 years in jail or something like that. I think so. It's, 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 uh, and he's still, you know, he's still, uh, he still had a, a you know, a long life ahead of him, but she, he, um, he he served all that time and even in the wake of all of the evidence. Now, this brother maintained his innocence through innocence throughout his whole incarceration, never, you know, sought a plea or anything of the sort. Even in the wake of all of the evidence, the accusers, the, the, the family member of the of the victim of whatever the crime was, 
she still was saying that this this guy was innocent i mean uh guilty and so on and so forth you know because back then it was a racial thing it was a ra it was it was between a uh an african-american brother and a white uh female you know so mm. so back then it was you know even jack johnson which was recently i think recently pardoned or whatever the pardoned. case is uh jack johnson was actually the first person for them to even develop the man act which they call white slavery act back in uh uh back then it was 1905 or 19 something early 1900s jack johnson was accused of the man act taking taking somebody across state lines for for illegal purposes and that and that was that later became the Mann Act law against pimps and, pimps and prostitutes. So Jack Johnson was the very first person. That's why the law was created, in the, for him. And so for now, for him to be exonerated or pardoned, you know, of, of course after his death and everything, um, is is a milestone that we need to talk about as well. Um, Amaru Khan, where did this four hundred years of slavery come from? It's purely biblical nothing more nothing less it's purely genesis 15 verses 13 14 and 15 about the abraham's prophecy know for surety that you will be slave a stranger in a strange land so and for those who are hebrew israelites who claim that they are natives well how could you be a stranger in a strange land if this land is yours so let's us ex the hebrews who want to be on this indigenous Ah, the worst. What about the ships? Like, 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 like they forgot about the whole Mediterranean and the slave trade in the Mediterranean. Like, they just forgot all about that. Yeah. Going to a strange. You know how many times they just shipped off the day going Hebrews to different lands over in the, <laughs> by way of Mediterranean Sea? Goddamn, it was on the Jordan and shit on the coast. Hey, this mm -hmm. is this is interesting. Somebody. No. Somebody said that if Chief Holiday took a DNA test and it actually did come back. That he had those uh, Native American uh, paternal and maternal haplogroups, he would accept DNA wholeheartedly. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Chief, you know what, Chief? Let, let me do this. What if I sponsor your your kid? How about that? Oh man. Okay, there uh, you have it. There you have it. So it's it is official. It is official. Garfield is offering to sponsor Chief Holidays. Uh, uh, DNA analysis to get DNA DNA analysis, and I'm and I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna put words in Garfield's mouth of a company of your choosing. <laughs> Why would you use a black company, man? A company of your choosing. So now nah, that that's between Garfield and Chief Holiday, but but Garfield, if you if you are offering that, that's excellent. I think that's excellent because then it's no excuse because. Uh, I mean, I've heard people offer that before, and the brother's still not going to take it. I have no confidence that the brother will take it. Decline. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. Right. So, <laughs> see, okay, now check this out. Because he's declining, that's that's why that's why I said what I said earlier. It's no, it's no, it's no um, um, disrespect to the brother. You know, Chief Holiday, he's still my brother in the whole nine. But I refuse to give people time of day who who behave like that. If if you're going to decline a DNA analysis. Then I'm going to decline having a direct conversation with you anymore because I gave you the opportunity. You 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 failed miserably to even keep up with the conversation. And I'm not even an expert. So imagine if I was an expert, like I, I really wouldn't give you time of day at all. But right. but but we did. We, we you came on the show. We gave you respect. We gave you the floor. We gave you the mic, the whole nine. And you did not even know what the autosomal nuclear DNA uh, was involved with in his DNA test. You had no clue to what it was, and you didn't answer any of our questions. 
You can't. Just like right now, you just you're you're deflecting and just talking about DNA is fake. Why is why is it fake? Because you say so. It doesn't work that way. Hey, let me ask you this. Is Nahisha still on? Jake D. Forbes. Yeah. Nahisha still on? Yeah, who is I got a question for the whole panel anyway. If somebody if somebody male, right, had sex with a black woman and they had a girl child, right? Say again. If if somebody in a native tribe had a had sex with a black with an African American woman, mm -hmm. right, and mm -hmm. they had a had a female child, mm -hmm. how would they know the female family? How would they know that they were native? Because remember, the female don't carry down the men's okay um white DNA. Yeah. So explain that to me, my brother. Would okay. they carry down? Hear my question. Would they carry down the empty DNA that was in the man? Mitochondria goes from woman yeah. to woman. Okay, yeah, so I know that. So but, here, okay. So here, here, here's the short and skinny answer to that. Uh, whenever somebody gets a, their DNA analyzed, they can walk away with three different results, three different reports. One report is your paternal lineage. The other report is your maternal lineage, and the third report is your autosomal admixture. And so mm -hmm. a, a female person can only get two of those three. They cannot get the paternal lineage uh, right. uh, report like like you just what like would she get from the father, though. Right. So 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 from the father, what they will be able to tell as far as how the father's lineage go is through is by way of the autosomal. So they'll be able to look at the percentage. That's what the percentages are about. Whenever you see people post their percentages online, that's only one of those three uh, results. That's the autosomal. That's the admixture. That's where the chromosomes recombine. And so you have a percentage. And what that percentage tells us is that what percentage of your nuclear DNA is shared by this genetic population? So, mm -hmm. so if, if, a, if a, a, girl, a woman were to have her DNA analyzed, she can look at her autosomal uh, mixture and, and tell um, where her father if her father if her suspected father is part of that autosomal uh percentage but they but she will not be able to tell that through her uh paternal line because she don't have it she won't have that mm. she won't remember we get we get 50 percent of our our nuclear dna from our mother and 50 percent from our father and so they will be able to match that particular nuclear dna with her father and that's how they could do paternity tests because, the, you know, although you didn't ask this, but but it, it has implications on a paternity test. Because if 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 people misunderstand what I'm saying, then what it's going to end up being is that if if a woman claims that if Garfield, if some if some random uh, sister off the street claimed that you were the father of her child and her child happened to be a daughter, then then based on the understanding that people may get from what you ask it would be impossible to tell that and and that's not true they can they can tell that you are the father of of female children because mm -hmm. of because of your nuclear dna not your paternal so I, so that we just got to make that clear okay um chief holiday is asking you said probability that's what you want to say not probably probability what is the probability of a dna test um, I think they're using a quote that Rick Kittles used, but I need to go back and listen to the interview. They keeps repeating that he said that they only use 0.1% of 
of the um <laughs> right, they keep using this point one percent what is this point one percent argument they keep using nah that's see that's and this goes back to what i'm saying these people do not study the information they're not competent enough to understand what is what and what's being used the one percent your sex chromosomes the the tail end of that your 23rd of your uh 46 when they split the 23rd was a sex chromosome the maternal and paternal lineages only account for one percent but that one percent does not translate as in one percent as if to say you only got one percent of a dollar which is a which is a a, a penny as opposed to a dollar which means that it's not valuable that is that is the the one percent becomes the hundred percent when you're looking for lineage because that is the uh chromosome that you look for for lineage so so to say one percent doesn't doesn't translate to one percent as if that's that's to diminish the value of it it's just only one percent of your um of your you know uh genome that is being used to determine your lineage that does not take away from anything that is actually just how it's done like for example if if um like like the human body, like if, if 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 the average person is six foot tall, weighs two hundred pounds, right? And and if if there was a one distinction between a male and female, and let's say that one distinction was was uh let's say uh um a spot on your back. Like all all men had a spot on their back and women didn't. Now that one spot, even though it's a small dot on your back. That is the that is the cr criteria to separate men from women. Now, just because that dot is very small compared to a to the average size of a two hundred pound six foot uh uh person, doesn't take away from the fact that that is the determining factor. You see what I'm saying? So the one percent is the determining factor, regardless of it being one percent. So don't think of one percent as in the number one and it's diminished and so on and so forth. It doesn't work that way, and that's what people have to understand. One percent doesn't doesn't do that. And that's just for the for the lineage. And that's why I asked Chief Holiday last time he was on our show about nuclear DNA and autosomal admixture, because that throws that all the way out the box. Remember, you get three results. Men, men get three results. Garfield, you had yours done. I'm sure you got three results. You got your maternal, your paternal, and then you got your percentage breakdown. Right. Wh which company did you go with? I did. I did five DNA tests, brother. Oh, wow. And I'm not. I'm, I have a. Um, I have a presentation coming out called "Who Am I?" Because I'm using some. Um, I'm trying to prove my history with genetics, with um, linguistics, um, um, history, cultural history, and in a couple other ways. So I'm doing a whole documentary of my life and everything. So when I finish it, I mean, I'll show everybody. Oh, that's good. I did so many tests, man. It's ridiculous, and I want to do more because I want. Um, I didn't do Rick Kittles though. I gotta do Rick Kittles. I tell you what, if 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 Chief Holiday declines you to sponsor his test, then sponsor me on another test. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, which I'll, one did you do? You did the twenty three and Me, right? Yeah, I did twenty three and Me, uh, My Heritage, and um. Oh yeah, and by the way, um, Ojao, you do know that everybody's DNA, the government has it, right? Because of when we were born, since nineteen eighty four. 
pretty much every yeah, state has our DNA. Yeah, I'm, and I'm... those and a matter of fact, for black men, I mean, most of us who have been arrested or anything, they have our DNA. But but the truth of the matter is, the companies. I was curious for one to see the results for different companies, and um, pretty much I'm eighty percent West African in all of them, right? And um, they pretty much all came out the same, but it has to do with what Dr. Rikittle said, who has the most samples for a region. So sometimes that plays a role, you know, in what you're doing. And, right. part, and, and, and African-Americans need to realize that most of us have taken tests or they have our DNAs anyway. So Chief Holiday, I guarantee you, you see, this is the problem now, especially with like 23andMe. They'll, they'll send you emails and say, do you give us um, permission to do this? And you don't realize what you're giving them permission for. So I never give them permission because they could use your DNA for almost anything now. You know what I'm saying? We don't want to get caught up out there because of craziness. Yeah. DNA, it's, a, it's a funny business, family. It's a very funny business. But it has been more positives to it than negatives. Because when you think about the innocent project and the, the, the black men that have been freed, I'm like, wow, man. Thanks for DNA, man. Thanks for DNA. Dude got charged with rape. 1978, 79, the Golden State Killer. They caught him because of DNA testing. He was related to somebody who was in the family tree DNA system. And that's how they tracked him. Listen. <laughs> they mad. But they caught a killer that killed over what, 40 people and raped like 30. Come on. And get his ass off the street. Listen, get this- him off the street. Look, hey, I'm out of here, fellas. Man, I got to get up early tomorrow, man. Appreciate okay. that conversation, man. Shit. Yeah, I'm going to get out of here, too. Okay, let me just say right. this. Let me say this before we end. I, I, I want to say to the conspiracy theorists, yeah. uh, to conspiracy theorists, if the government wanted your DNA that bad, they can get it any day, all day. If you eat at restaurants and you eat and you use the restaurant's utensils, or you drink from their cups and their glasses, or whatnot, and you do your daily stuff that you do all day, every day, if somebody really wanted to get your DNA, they could get it. Okay, so let's stop tripping on some conspiracy and, and some movies that you watch. And, and so what? Matter of fact, they can go to the barbershop where you get your hair cut or you get your hair twisted, whatever, however you do, and they can get your DNA. All right. So so if there was a conspiracy out against you, brother, then you, you could count yourself as got. All right. <laughs> I mean, that's just the bottom line. So for those people who are paranoid and petrified and think about these conspiracies and stuff like that you know, then, you know, I want to ease your, ease your uh, anxiety and stuff like that, that if they wanted you, they could get you. Wait a minute, Wujah, but since DNA testing ain't real, why would they be scared? <laughs> hey, by the way, DNA storage in 1972, Damien Demo Everly, what happened is, it's not about DNA storage. Sometimes you have marks, you have blood, and the guy was a rapist. When you're a rapist and they do the, um, the rape kits, they keep those samples. You'd be frightened what these white folks do. They've been doing for the longest family. So yeah. if the DNA, I mean, you talk about here, here was left on the body or anything. I mean, come on. The, the, trust me, they keep everything, for, especially for um, cold cases. Yeah. You know? So don't be, don't be shocked. You did something um, 20 years ago when it comes back. So don't, <laughs> DNA yeah. is not, that's why I said there's more positive to it than negative. Yeah, I, I, uh, and if just underscore what you said, that there's a difference between the DNA being sequenced in 1972 versus the DNA, uh, or the, not the DNA, but uh, 
but the actual uh, evidence being stored. And like you said, the keyword, the rape kits and things that they kept, they keep that stuff stored, even though they didn't sequence the DNA um, at back then. But the stuff is stored and they can actually pull it to sequence the DNA. Same way they do uh, old fossils and stuff like that. The old fossils were not sequenced while the fossil was alive or the organism or the human was alive. They dig them up and then they sequence the DNA today. So they could they could take these these stored samples and rape kits and evidence from these different crime scenes all throughout the decades. And now they can have anything that they can extract the DNA from. They can do so today with today's technology. That's the difference. Yeah. And plus, when he was raping a woman, as a matter of fact, I don't know what the situation was. Maybe he uh, he bust a nut. He don't know. <laughs> you know, you, you don't know what what he did. And with all this here, not that if he bust a nut, that would be an issue. But. You know, he could be a hairy guy, you know, a bunch of sample hairs and, and all that stuff. So fingerprints, you never know. Right. Like I said, so, it's live. But um, not to change the subject and bit a big long um, argument out of this. But um, one of the things I suggest everybody does is um, um, whoever you read, whether it's Ivan Van Sertima, whether it's Clyde Winters, whether it's David Imhotep, you need to go behind them. And you should do this with everybody. But especially those three men's work regarding Native American history. Jack Forbes, by the way, the brother talked about Jack Forbes, Amaru. I don't think he knows Jack Forbes well, <laughs> as I do. You know, debating with Quincy Hutt over these years have turned me on to Jack Forbes and how fake some of his information is too. So we got to be careful, man. And you know what it is, family? We're so disenfranchised as a people. Anybody that writes a book, we say, okay, it's from us, so it must be true. And I think we've been taking advantage of, of some people who, when, when, I, when I look at David Imhotep's book and see um, Clyde Winters wrote the foreword for it, that alone should have said, nah, I don't need to read no more. I should, I should have just closed the book and, and, and burned it up. No, I hold, have to read David Garfield, check it out. According to Clyde Winters, all you got to do is just read the table of contents. Listen, listen, y'all. Clyde Winters is going to mess around and be our hero because because we could save a lot of money of applying Dr. Clyde Winters methodology. We can go to any bookstore, Barnes and Nobles or what have you. We don't have to pay for any more books anymore. All we got to do is just open up, look at the table of contents and whoop, we're done. That means you. That means hey, you. Would, hey, would y'all. I think you, 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 you didn't realize that his PhD is from his homeschool program that goes to the eighth grade. I don't think people realize that. He's well, in Dr. Ali Muhammad's category with his PhD. His PhD, let me repeat, is from his own homeschool that he has in Chicago that only goes up to the eighth grade. Wow. So we need to, uh, <laughs> I, I, I didn't know that. But but, you know, I'm, I'm giving him the benefit of consideration. And and if that's the case, then it, it answers a lot. It, it explains a lot. But as you can see on my screen, I showed this at the beginning of our show. Clyde Winters actually thinks that you can read a table of contents and an introduction to a book and you can know everything there is to know about a book enough. So so much so that you can write a critique about a book. And and are and argue with somebody who actually does have the book and have read the book. That's what he's trying to do to me. And he's done it twice. And he's been shut down every time. But of course he doesn't accept it. Just like Chief Holiday is not accepting, 
you know, um, that he's been refuted on every angle that, you know, he could come at. And I understand that, you know, people don't want to people, you know, readily don't do that. But this is a problem. But it could be a plus sign because if 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 I take Clyde Winter's advice or his method, I, I copy him, then I don't have to read books anymore, Garfield. I, like when you write your book, all I got to do is read the table of contents. I'm done. I don't even have to pay for it. I can just pick it up, read the table of contents. Or I can use my cell phone and actually take a, a, a shot of the table of contents of all the books I want in the bookstore. And I'm good. <laughs> I don't have to buy any more books. I am good. Watch. I'm going to try that. I'm going to try that. And I'm, I'm going to get back to the family on how that works out. Watch. But Let I me see. read something regarding Clyde Winters real quickly. Um, he has an institute called the Othman Dan Fodio Institute. Winters says he's a professor of education, anthropology, and linguistics. Othman Dan Fodio Institute, as well as a faculty member, archaeogenetics, and an associate professor and director at the same institute. The problem is this institution with an archaeogenetics department does not exist. Records show the UDFI is a private home school in Chicago, which only has a history of enrolling and teaching African-American students of the eighth grade, 13 to 14 years old. UDFI staff or faculty members all seem to be one person, Clyde Winters. The private school also appears to be his own house. All right. Just want to just want to let everybody know about that. But anyway, we talk some more about Clyde Winters another time. Yeah, because I think people were expecting, um, you know, information about David M. Hotep, Clyde Winters, and I think Ivan Van Sertum or whatever. And, you know, the, uh, see, this is the new formula. We're, we're living in a new day and time. Uh, like for us, the Seshu Mani Medonetra, we know that uh, Sarah Sutton Seti and Young Pharaoh were going around a year and a half ago or whatever, claiming that the uh, Egyptian writing system has not been deciphered. What we decided to do, we didn't address them. Because because they're they're not competent enough to even have that conversation. What we did instead was we dealt with the source, the recent source of that information, which was Dr. Um, Professor Walter Williams and his book. So we we have, you know, the most respect for the elder and we addressed his scholarly claims from his book. So instead of dealing with people who are regurgitating, repeating stuff, we dealt with the source, the recent source. And so likewise, with this uh, indigenous stuff, aboriginal things, you know, it's best for us to deal with the at least the people who took time out to write books, such as David Imhotep, such as um, Horace Butler, such as uh, even our our esteemed um, uh, scholar of of, of late uh, uh, Ivan Van Sertima. So those are the things that we're going to address because that's when you get into the scholarship and the scholarly conversations. Because a lot of people don't even understand the people that they're quoting from. And we understand that to be a problem. And so we're going to avoid that and go straight to the horse's mouth and deal with that. So people are expecting us to go back and forth with all, all this other stuff. No, we're going to deal with the heart and core of these issues. And that's the best, best approach. And to this very date, no one can can refute our book uh, that that totally refutes the uh, claim that the hieroglyphic has not been deciphered. So I just want to put that on the record. No one no one's coming at that. You you know, the Sessu Mighty are not going to get any L's on that. All right. And and that's a book that got everybody shook. So if you want to know about that, get the book and you'll understand. Anybody come at you about the Egyptian writing system not being deciphered and everything like that? That one book is a one stop shop to chop it up, to chop it down. All right. I know I kind of did a little shameless plug, but uh, but still. 
So anyway, I see that Unk had uh, left the building. So I don't know, uh, Garf, you had any anything else? Nah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm here, man. But we talk later on. We talk tomorrow. And um, so Sunday, I'll be on Sunday. Oh, Fortune 500. All right, go for it. No, I was going to say, um, so would you recommend Rick Kittles' test to be what? Pretty much the best one to go with? Because uh, I did a few tests myself, but uh, I was hearing Rick Kittles had the, had the best one. Okay, so let's let's qualify that so people so people will know what that what what uh Rick Kittles he, he his um company um africanancestry.com represents um uh he has the largest uh database of african ancestry. So um a lot of people were 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 thinking that DNA is fake because of the different test results that people may get from company to company. And the reason why your test results may be slightly different from company to company is because when your DNA is, is uh, sequenced, the company is going to going to uh, compare your DNA with the DNA that they have on file. And so Rick Kittle's company represents the largest DNA database of Africans. So they went to the continent of Africa and has taken and, and have taken samples from from the various different genetic populations in Africa more so than any other company. So so, so that's that's why it's better. That's why it's so better. So when these term. other companies went out there, they actually you saying that they had went a while ago and did this, and then they keep comparing us to what uh, old uh, old. I want to say uh, not study, but old. Um, you know, when they go out there, and they 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 compare populations. They right. keep comparing us to, what to the same confined um amount of what well, of results they have or, or are you saying that oh uh, i'm trying to say no no i understand i understand your question so i, I can answer i'm it. trying I, to say yeah okay i I, can, I understand it no what the, what it what it means is that um like 20 let's compare like 23 and me 23 and me 23 and me had has a, a larger database of european ancestry than african ancestry so although they do have some African uh, ancestry in their database and they're going to compare you with their um, um, sample size, uh, Rick Kittles has a larger sample size. So so the resolution is larger. Look, look at it this way. Um, look at a, a picture, right? When you take a picture, um, a picture with your phone and it's a JPEG, if the picture is small and the resolution is small, like let's say 72 DPI, you can't really print with that because it's going to become pixelated and blurry but if you have a higher resolution picture and it's real big and it's and it's a high res picture then you can print with it because it's not going to be blurry it's going to be clear even if you blow it up so so what rick kittles offers is a much higher resolution of data than a company like 23andme when it comes to african americans so so, so when you get more people to, to be to be yes your test, uh, yes compare compare with small little lake of people because there's what almost over what, about a billion people in africa right yes and that and you hit, you hit it on the head uh, right when when you get a test done with when rick kittles compares your dna with with his database you have a larger uh you have a larger result you have a more accurate result as well because there's a larger amount of people that they can compare your uh dna with and and say that you you are you share dna with with a larger number of people than other companies so that's that's why i always recommend getting multiple companies and so you know like like myself i plan to get um tested with rick kittles uh as well the uh, company african ancestry 
And he, uh, well, he links people to specific tribes, right? Because that's what I'm looking at on, on the site. He got his own uh, results on, on here right. when I go there. Yes. That's interesting. Okay. Well, yeah, I, his... I, I, I'll give it a go. Yeah, yeah, no, no, it's it's, it's definitely it's definitely worth it because I think you did yours with Twenty Three and Me, right? I did Twenty Three and Me, and then I did Ancestry. Uh, Ancestry dot com. Yeah, yeah. Now, yeah. now, the, now, the, now, the difference between those two companies is that Twenty Three Me, Twenty Three Me is more is more focused on health. Like they they do what they do for health reasons. So a lot of a lot of their things is is getting into health and disease and the, and the propensity of certain diseases in certain genetic populations and all that stuff. Whereas Ancestry.com, they focus on genealogy. So so if you get their test, of, test from them, they're going to give you a whole family tree of people, other people in their database, which they have the largest genealogical database, by the way, uh, in the in the world, um, because they include, you know, even the Mormons in Utah and all that genealogical uh, data and stuff like that. But they have, um, they're going to, they're going to, their benefit is to give you genealogy so your long lost cousin and stuff like that they're gonna they're gonna uh test your dna and stuff but they can also plug in your family based on your dna relatives so so it's it's benefits and pros and cons with all of these different companies that's why it's good to go with many as many companies as you can and stuff like that and just as long as people understand the results that they're given that they're given they're getting back like for example your your haplo group is not going to change from company to company. The only the only thing that that will come back with a different, um, slightly different results is your autosomal report, because they are only going to be able to check against the samples they have in their database that their company owns or has. That's the only difference. Your 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 haplo group is your haplo group. So so whether twenty three and Me does it or Rick Kittles does it or Africa or ancestry.com does it your haplo group is going to stay the same those it's not like you you mutated while you were asleep <laughs> you know so that's going to be the same yeah you, you were going to say something else i was going to say um hmm. so they, they have a paternity and a, a maternity test on rick kittle's site you yeah. know i'm interested in the in the paternity but i'm i'm saying which one do you um would you recommend but i always get interested in the in the in the paternity because i'll you know a lot of us we're very close to our mother's side a lot of us here you know so yeah, yeah. you know it's, it's always like uh we we stay with our moms so we know more about our mom's side so I, i'm always interested in the paternal side but which one would you recommend well, I would recommend take all of them because because like I said before, you it, there's three different um, results you get back from your DNA being analyzed. You get your paternal line, your maternal line, and then the autosomal uh, admixture report. So if if you only take the uh, the patrilineal test with them, then you're only going to get one third of your of your info from from them. So you're only going to be able to tell your 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 father's you know your your uh, masculine, your paternal line going back. And that's only going to tell you a, a portion of the story. So, you know, you don't have to get them all at once, but eventually you, you, you're going to get you want You're going to want to get them all, uh, all done from them and see, they separate them, them, whereas 23 and me, you take one tech, one, one, um, one thing, exactly. you pay one price, one thing, and, and you get all three reports, uh, with them. Whereas African ancestry.com, 
you actually uh, distinguish which test you want to get. So that that has its pros and you know advantage disadvantage as far as um, you know what people can afford and stuff like that. But yeah, I would, so to answer your question, I recommend get them all. Get get definitely get them all. Um, but you could start with one or the other. It doesn't really matter. I, I'd like to also see if they'd be able to confirm what Twenty Three and Me said about that A double zero thing or whatever. Oh yeah, that would be interesting. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You 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 want to get cooperation. And, and these companies will be able to do that. As a matter of fact, what I also recommend people to do that get, that get their DNA tested, um, you should have access to your own uh, sequence and you should be able to download it. And when you do that, you can upload it to the open sourced um, site called uh, GEDmatch. And GEDmatch ha is free and you can upload your, um, your sequencing uh, to this website and then it will compare you to everybody else who also uploaded theirs. And they have mo way more reports. They have way more reports from, from different genetic uh, samples and things than all these other commercial companies. So that's a definitely good thing to do. So I don't know if you did that yet, but, but look up GEDmatch and you can upload your, um, your sequencing there. And you can, you can filter out different tests. They, like you, you, they have a test strictly for Asia. Like strictly for Asia, Asian DNA, and you can run and compare your DNA with that and see if you have any percentages in shared DNA with with Asians, certain countries over there in Asia, whether it's India, China, uh, Japan, Taiwan, and all that, all those in the Philippine area, whatever. You can actually do that so and narrow it down. Genome sequence. Yeah, it's called a uh, GEDmatch. The the website is called GEDmatch. Uh, de you okay. definitely want to do that. I I've done that too and everything and um. And it, you know you'll 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 be surprised at, at the results you get. Mm, okay. All right. right. We're gonna we gonna see. We're gonna see. Yeah. So so yeah, and that's free by the way. So so anybody you know people, uh, who you know, can't don't wanna don't wanna spend a lot of money. That's free. So let me just quickly look at this last thing. I'm, I'm gonna close it out because everybody everybody's bailing out. I know it's late and and uh, I wasn't expected to be on here this long. I just wanted to share. See, I, I just feel strongly, man. I think people, I think I think we are we are really really hurting ourselves with with um, this accessibility that that everybody has to to become a teacher or or to have a platform and stuff. And it's it has its curse and its blessing or its pros and its cons because it's good that we can we can um, disseminate information, but at the same time, people are not stepping up their their rigor in their studies to to really um want to share accurate information and be responsible for other people's minds and so when i see people like um dr clyde winters say that he could read a table of contents and he doesn't have to read a whole book but yet he's going to do a video to critique somebody's book that he never read i mean i remember in grade school that that's one of the first things they teach you not to do you don't judge a book by its cover. You don't read the 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 um, summary on the back of a cover of a book, and then and then feel like you you can critique the whole book. You can't do that, and that's dangerous. So imagine, and this is it. I'm just last thing I'm gonna say. Imagine somebody like Dr. Winters being on a jury for a criminal case. That means that he doesn't even have to see any of the evidence at all. He's just gonna look at the defendant. And already make I his. Tell by your face, you a rapist. Exactly. 
He's going to be like, well, I could just tell by the clothes you're wearing that you that you did it. You guilty. That's dangerous. That's a dangerous mentality. That is totally unscientific. And nobody can tell me, nobody can convince me that whatever credentials that Dr. Clyde Winters has was 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 done so with any kind of rigor at all. Whatever school he went to, he needs to get his money back and a refund because they did him wrong. He's been doing that for a long time. If he's gonna say that, he's been getting back for a long time to even say that. He could even just get back like that. Right. I've been writing research papers since junior high school. You know, in the science fair and things like that. Like, like he doesn't understand. You know, I'm trying to tell him that he he. I don't know what audience he's used to. Like he he's used to saying things and nobody you know checking him on it or whatever the case is. Well, it's a new day and time now. You know. That, that's that's like 90s stuff 1990s 80s 90s to early 2000s where people could get away with that but not anymore it's not it's not happening you know and we all need to galvanize and really step up and i include myself in the we we all have to do better we all have to do better we all have to slow things down stop microwaving information just because you can google something real quick don't stop there people use wikipedia that's fine Wikipedia is is okay, but make sure you scroll to the bottom of any Wikipedia page you use or read. Click them sources. Yes, click the sources. Buy the books that the that the that are cited. Read the whole book. You know the whole nine. Whatever you're interested in, go to the bottom of the the most valuable spot on the Wikipedia article is at the bottom. Okay, remember that the most valuable area on a on Wikipedia articles is at the bottom of those pages. Get those resources and everything. Okay? So, and that goes for everything. Even a, even a cyclopedia you have on your bookshelf. Don't stop there. You know, research. Learn how to research. Learn how to discern fact from fiction. Look at the methodology that the author or scholar proposes that they use to come to their conclusions. You know, walk the steps and everything. That's what we got to do. We can't just start rip regurgitating what people say just because they said it don't name drop just because so-and-so said this that it must be true no it doesn't matter if you're black or white either okay because when people do the white man thing or the or that's the white man's knowledge or that's the white man's science or that's the white man books why you do that what what you're doing when you say that is that you're setting people up for any black people who may be wrong to be accepted just because they're black doesn't mean they're right and just because somebody white doesn't make them wrong. So instead of using the Crayola crayon criteria, why don't you just analyze and, and scrutinize the actual data and the claim itself, regardless of their skin color, regardless if they're male or female and all the, all the, all the above, if they're old or young. None of that should matter. Just deal with the information, scrutinize that. That's, what, that's how we do that. All right. That's the scientific way. So last thing, just make sure I'm not missing any any uh, pertinent uh, comments or anything like that. It looks like everybody's just kind of having their own conversation in the chat. Um, let's see, let's see, let's see. Chief Holiday, the Black Panther was American. Killmonger was American. That's enough for now. Uh, I have no idea what that is meaning. Uh, Amaru Khan, I know who I am. You guys are trying to tell people who know there's nothing to be convinced about. I uh, don't quite understand that. Um, but hey, so it's been real, everyone. Um, go out there, get your DNA analyzed. If you want to uh, 
argue and talk about uh, Native American ancestry or Aboriginal ancestry or, you know, that you were always here in the Americas, get your DNA analyzed and make it public. Just show it and and it should back it up. That's that's one thing for sure uh, that it should back itself up. For example, if I come from outside and I come inside and I say it's raining outside, then I should be wet. It's just that simple. If I'm bone dry and I didn't have an umbrella and all, you know, all of that, whatever the case is, then you're supposed to doubt what I'm saying. Okay. So, or if I say, hey, it's raining outside and I am wet, then you have cooperation. You can say, okay, that matches up. There's no contradictory there. So if you say you're a Native American, you have Native American ancestry, get your DNA analyzed. It should not contradict that. Now, if it does, of course, you're going to say DNA is fake. Because why? Because you pull the cart before the horse. You make an assumption first and then uh, try to verify. And when it doesn't match up, now you get mad and you want to discredit uh, the, the test that you're taking. We understand the game. And Chief Holiday uh, declined uh, Garfield, but the Garfield offered to sponsor uh, his test and he, he declined it. So there's nothing left to be said. I mean, I'm not I mean, I'm not interested in any conversations at that point. All right, because everything else is just going to be the same old, same old talk. All right. So with that, uh, uh, who's still here with me? Any, anybody got any last words? Uh, Brother Sean or um, anybody? No, I'm good. So I appreciate it. All right. How about you? Uh, Fortune 500. Any last remarks? Before we shut it down. Uh, just peace and good night. That's it. All right. That was quick. All right. I'm going to follow suit. So peace and good night. And we'll check y'all another time.